walked into my office this morning and it was freaking like 76 degrees in the main office area so I adjusted all the thermostats. My office was nice because I, I had changed it and had the thermostat down to 70. That thing was feeling good all day. That's a sweet green hat. Team money. Yeah, they're going to need all the four-leaf clover luck they can get because that team is terrible. This team's been terrible. Yeah, but it's bad this year. Decades. Like, like it's bad, bad. Decades. How are you looking at this camera, bro? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Looks good. I feel like I got to move it back, no? No, it looks like the same as it used to be. Are we Are we recording or are we... Yeah, you just started. You just you just get in. All right, welcome to Saturday at seven podcast. <laughs> I have Tony to my left and Nick to my right. Oh, Nick, I would move yours leaf. closer to you. Oh, oh, there we go. Now we're adjusting. A closer. A closer. You've been re- you've been really getting into that lemon lime salt. Huh? Damn, dude! Check out the sweet sticker I got. Is that you? Top. Yeah, it's me. Is that better? Where'd you get that? <laughs> the foothills of West Virginia. It's not you, but it's you, right? Yeah, right? It's dope, right? That is sweet. Is that Dude, good? That, is, the, is, that, is that guy wearing a Saturday at 7 hat? Should be. Frick, is, is the camera good now? We, we have good. got to load up this merch. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Nick, you got us these sweet hats. and mm. It was just a test run, but yeah. I think it's awesome. They're dope. I think it's awesome. I wanted to be, was too eager to. Ooh, so what did we do? What happened last week? We ran. We it was spring break. Mm-hmm. And then you got home, and we ran on Thursday. Yeah. We we got some content in on Thursday. We didn't post nice. anything, but we just figured, what the hell? Yeah. We chopped. I don't even. I haven't. I don't think he's even posted it to anything. Like, it's not even on Dropbox, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. So it's it's basically just a chop up mm-hmm. content social media. I don't even remember what we talked about. To be Did you see the? You were mentioning baseball. I was just looking at the records. I knew the Twins were doing well, which I'm a Twins fan. But uh, Tampa Bay's 11 and 0. Yeah, they're That's, good. They're, they're freaking good. nuts. Yeah, they're good. I mean, I don't think has a team ever gone 11 and 0 to start. <laughs> I'm sure Detroit has on one occasion. Oh, and 11, maybe. Yeah, oh, and 11. No, they normally come out of the gate hot. Not 11 and 0. Maybe like 3 and 2. I'd be, I'd be willing to. 3 and 2, and we're like, this team might make the playoffs. You never, I'd be and then they're all of a sudden they're 21, and they're 3 and 21. 11 and 0, and then end up 11 and 60 come <laughs> August, for sure. That's a, such a Detroit they, move. They just quit after, after they went 71 off. games. They prepay all their wins up Not front. Not even half the season. They're like, you know what? That's the thing about baseball. We're just going to win all of our games up front. Normally, you don't have a pitching rotation that can go 11 and 0, though. You got to have like one tired. guy in your hundred and sixty-two games. It's over the top, dude. Well, I think it's That's silly a too. Massive D- amount of games during the week, though. In those like day games during the week, their attendance has got to suck too. I don't think yeah. so. No, it does. It does. Yeah. From from being close to like packed, it's always yeah. funny when you Compared watch. Compared to the weekends and the primetime games, when you watch sure. playoff baseball and you see the stands are just Tony's like, jam packed. I, I don't believe the hype. I don't believe it. He's like that stinks. I don't believe it. it does not pass the. I've smell been to test. like 
Wednesday night games that have been just packed. Those will be in the summer. Yeah, night. night games are. He's talking yeah. about what afternoon about matinees, bro. Two o'clock in the oh. afternoon on a Tuesday. I don't think when they was have the last a ton of matinee you went to that Tuesday was afternoon out. games. They do. I don't think they do. They I think do. most of those yes, afternoon games are reserved for Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Mm. No, Mm-mm. they do a couple during the oh, week, oh, bro. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. I think they're all. <laughs> okay. Fair, Every now and then there's one during the week. I don't have enough to like pound it in your guys' face that they don't. So I. Sure. They might. They might not. I have to look it up. Could be. Could be. <clears throat> I remember sure. the Cubs would always play like on WGN like during the day. <laughs> Maybe it was just the Cubs. Could be. Jeez, so what we got going on? What's you guys got some spring break stories to come back with? Sure. Sure. Um Ava and I went down to um southern Ohio, spent a day down there and then went over to West Virginia. Um Checked out some cool shit. It was a good time. Went to uh, Serpent Mound. Serpent Mound was had a super weird vibe about it. I mean, there's quote unquote burial mounds that they have like on site. Like the whole thing is a Native American like landmark. And you get to this place. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, place opens up at noon. So the first day, Saturday, we go down and we go hit this place called the Ohio Caverns. It's a huge underground cavern that's been washed out, or like the water, how it runs through the, uh, like the limestone shelves in southern Ohio, right? I mean, so most people like think a, is limestone. Is it like an aquifer that you like walk down through that's just dried up or what? No, like it's a, like all the dirt, all the mud has been washed, and it's been dug out too. I mean, these guys have like actively mined this thing. Okay. But you walk down like probably 30 steps to start and midway through, like they tell you, the you're like 100 foot underground. And the story is like there was a farmer working this land and he was plowing or something and he plowed open a little hole and he felt this 56 <clears throat> degree air blow out. You know, back then there's no air conditioning. So it's like, oh shit, this is nice. This feels good. So the guy like, you know, exploited the this crack in the earth that he opened up worked at it for 50 60 years and opened this thing up it was a huge cavern hmm. right? ended up selling it some you know private family you know bought it and then started running tours through it i mean i don't know if there's a ton of like rare earth type of stuff you're pulling out of this ground i mean nothing nothing's being farmed out of there now except for these crystals and geodes and stuff like that but you go down there and there's no mammoth bones or any of that crap. No, but there's like stalactites that grow like one millimeter every five hundred years. <laughs> and they're like, if you come back sixty years from now, that thing like and there's one like you can't they showed a stalagmite and a stalactite that are like so close to each other that you can't fit a piece of paper through it. They're like, You come back sixty years from now, those things will still not be touching each other. <laughs> <laughs> they grow so slow, like towards each other, but it's it's crazy. I mean, some of the some of the pictures I got of Ava, it's, it's wild. But you look over and there'll be, you know, like some cool crystals. And, you know, they've got lighting ran down there. They ran accent lighting and kind of like earthed it back in and made it so you're not seeing wires all over the place. It's a cool, cool thing. Um, but you look over and there'll be a hole and it just goes down. It's just dark. <laughs> it's like, where does that go? Though? I don't know. 
Drop a rock. You'll, goes, never, you'll never hear it. It goes somewhere where you will not come back from if you go down there. Right? Wow. Hmm. So I went and checked that out the first night. Um, found a uh, campground to stay at. You know, we took that, that camper that we rented, which was super dope. That thing worked out great. Stayed overnight there um, and then went to this Serpent Mound on our way to West Virginia. And Serpent Mound is so crazy. So we show up and you start reading some of these plaques, these historical plaques that they put out there. And it's like, this was a, at first it was thought it was a village site. And then after some more investigation, whoever, I think, um, like Harvard owned it. And then they sold it back to like the Ohio parks district or whatever. But they were thinking this is more of like a ceremonial site where people would go almost like a, not like a summer camp, but something like that. Like, okay, hey, we're having the family get together or whatever. Like, okay, we're going to that site for a while. You go up there, and it's the air is dead still. And it's so, like, all you hear is, you know, the wildlife chirping around and the other groups of people walking around checking this thing out. You, like, you almost don't even hear them. And you're looking at this thing, and it's perfectly laid out. Every bend in this serpent and this effigy that's been built is totally smooth um everything lines up to a you know astrological significance whether it be do they describe that like on plaques that it that they, that's what they yeah okay. yeah and they kind of show where everything goes and there's actually part where they think you know if you if either of you guys have watched i think you guys both have the um uh, Ancient Apocalypse, the Graham Hancock series. Yeah. Like he does a part in, on this thing. And it kind of breaks it all down. Of course, they wouldn't let him in. No. No. And they have, there's like huge signs like no drone footage and stuff like that. And as soon as like Abe and I are done, like we're walking on this dude's like, check this out. And he's like, shows us his iPad and it's like flying the drone over top right now. I'm like, cool. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Ava's all confused. She's like, the sign said no, none of that. I'm like, yeah, just shh, don't say anything. But it was super, it had a super weird vibe. There's like these burial mounds. There's signs all over. Like, don't walk on any of this stuff. First thing Ava hits me was, who's mowing this lawn? Somebody's got to walk on this thing to mow this lawn, don't they? I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Do they know 100% that it was, it's Native American though? There is a ton. There's a whole um, museum building uh, adjacent to the effigy that has like all these um, artifacts that they found that this guy who, was researching this thing and spearheading the the research efforts of all kinds of tools, all kinds of arrowheads, all kinds of equipment so, that they would use, you know, in their day to day. So, how far back did, did did these historical placards date this place? Because um, I know Graham Hancock thinks it's a lot older. Yeah, I, I want to say the um, what they're acknowledging as like the timeline is something like between like five and 700 AD, right? So like 1500 years ago, somewhere in there. But, you know, there's conflicting um, evidence that says, okay, well, no, like those soil samples, that carbon dating was done from an area that may have been redone later mm -hmm. for an upkeep on this thing. And that some of the other soil samples say this thing's like three to 4,000 years old. 
It's just no. earth though, right? It's not, there's not even like any structure, right? So it's weird that it still exists. Like it mm. didn't go away. You know what I mean? Like somehow, right. some way, like weather and erosion and stuff hasn't taken it out or someone just destroy it. Sure. Like before. Well, it's, it's like at the top of a hill. Right? Yeah, but even, so, even like trees. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. random like, shit. Like, that, that's what they said. Like, like there's a tree, like a pretty substantial tree that's growing up like right in the middle of this thing. Like not on like the spine of the serpent, but like in between two of the loops. Like that thing's that thing wasn't it's not supposed to be that thing was never there when they built this thing. And they said that all the trees, if those trees were gone and you stood at the tail and looked towards the mouth of this thing, like it would line up with the summer equinox in the sunset. Like yeah, that's dropping the, that's into the, the mouth. mouth of this thing. Yeah. Right? And then as you kinda like go down the progression of this serpent, like each one of the loops, you know, lines up with you know the winter solstice, the summer solstice, all that kind of stuff. Isn't the, like the was it this one the tail? If you took the tail like right through the like the back of the head or something like that's due north, uh-huh. something like that. Yeah, it's like the um, it's the like the second to last loop on how this thing is like. So that like the toy the the tails like coiled up on the end, and then it kind of like goes like a back and forth type of deal, and then goes up to the head. And then the head looks like it has a big egg that it's trying to eat. But one of the things that's not covered in that Graham Hancock series but is covered there is there is they think there was another mound on the other side, not the head part, but across from the head on the other side of this egg that was shaped like another head. So whether there was you know another effigy that was built on the yeah. other side or not, but if you were to mow down all those trees, which have grown up to, you know, produce shade and make it a more more of a touristy spot. Yeah, I think it's like, here's the tail. Mm-hmm. If you go right to the back of the head or something, it's like it's like dead north. Yep. And then they, and then what? They said the mouth, like, and that is like right where the the summer solstice where the sun sets or rises. I can't remember. There's a little like viewing platform. If you go to where the head is on the other side of where the egg is that it's supposed to be eating. uh And it's like straight down into a valley where there's a little Creek and river. Yeah. I see that. Like you look over the edge. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, yeah, that place didn't open till noon. So we get there and there's already, you know, 15, 20 cars in a parking lot, like waiting to check this thing out. And then, By the time we got done checking, we were probably there for an hour. Like, that parking lot was almost full. So there's, like, surprisingly, I was surprised how many people were checking it out. You know? Huh. But, yeah, it was dope. It was cool. Probably people like us, just the same thing. You know, people, like, on trips, like, we would talk about stopping there, too. Yeah, right. like, you just go through, right? That yeah, was cool. Mm. Yeah, and after that, we went to um, New River Gorge over in West Virginia hiked a bunch drove around saw a bunch of cool stuff there was a whole town that was like an abandoned uh, it was abandoned like back in the 60s but prior to that it was like a hub on the um like on the rail lines you know with all the coal that was coming out of west virginia and uh um it was super creepy like you could still get on an amtrak train there amtrak has like a huge board like they stopped there but other than that, like there's one of the storefronts that's vacant kind of gives a timeline of like when this place was booming, like back in like the early 1900s, like 1905 
1908. Like, this thing was, it was busy. Um, and then through a series of catastrophes in that town, you know, some of the fires and, like, some of the bigger buildings and stuff like that, like, every time it just got kicked down a little bit and then never really recovered fully, and then it would limp along for a decade, and then, like, another, you know, catastrophe would happen, and then it would get knocked down, and then it would come back for another 10 years. And finally, in, like, 1960, like, we're done. But there's so many railroad tracks. The state of West Virginia doesn't have 10 consecutive feet of road that are straight, by the way. There's not. It's all curves. You're either <laughs> turning left or turning right the entire time. That's funny because just the other day, Riker had asked me about, he saw, he, I told him to get it. He was geeked up about Google Earth. And yeah. so he's like zooming in on something. Like, hey, I'll pay you five bucks if you can find, you know, Granny C's house, my mom's. And so he zooms in where he thinks Iowa is, gets closer, finds Brit eventually. Then he keeps zooming in. Town's really small. You know what I mean? But he's like, you can see the whole thing. Yeah. But like, as he was zooming in, he's like, what are all these squares? And I'm like, mile by mile, like road sections. Mm-hmm. Like they're all squares. It's like. The, all the farmland is like squared up like that. But yeah. I'm like, those are just roads, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, thought they were just squares. Yeah. He's like, well, like yeah, what's the, going on here? That's the road. Every mile, you know what I mean? You get to yeah. another T, you know, not a T, but like a, yeah, whatever. Yep. Four way. Yeah. A lot of squares. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Stopped at, um, stop at this place called Pleasant, West Virginia on the way home. And there's a story behind this town about this Mothman. <laughs> downtown has downtown has this Mothman statue. <laughs> I right? saw I saw some aliens and shit in this town. And it says like back in nineteen sixty six there was like two couples of like kids that were out on some road or whatever and they saw something. Enough to where like downtown has like a full statue of this no. I of feel this Mothman. I feel like all boonies have it. some weird yeah. shit like that. They're so bored they gotta make shit up. Sure, whatever. At some point, someone had been like, "No, yeah, mom, uh, fuck it, make a statue of it you ever, in downtown." Let's go. You ever been this around any areas for. that are like known like Sasquatch sighting ones? Because like there'll be signs and stuff oh, yeah. that say like, "Yeah, Sasquatch was seen here," and then they'll have like all this memorabilia stuff that you can get that Sasquatch sighting. Yeah, up in up in Traverse City, the Traverse City area, there's a myth of um, like a dog man, right? That walks on its hind feet. It's no. a whole like legend above. Isn't that like a minotaur? No. Except it's not a horse; it's a dog. So it's like a mini minotaur. Yes, and it's like people have. I mean, you know, it could be attributed to like bears, like scratching on because there's bears up there. There's black bears up there, and they're huge. But like, there's a whole dog man like prophecy up there of the like dog this, man yeah, it's wild there's like a isn't that dude on those progressive commercials sure. in traverse sure. city i never heard yeah that whole Geico? up north area whatever that's yeah, crazy it's wild cadillac traverse city all that, all He's that the, it's the motorcycle he's half motorcycle yeah. half man yeah. walks that, on, that's walks on his two back <laughs> two back paws man <laughs> oh but yeah no a lot of miles a lot of driving a lot of hiking um we checked out this old abandoned coal mine and like throughout the hike like the hike took took Ava and I about an hour and a half to walk down so this New River Gorge is situated between two I mean I I hate to call them mountains because I mean compared to like out west I mean 
the East Coast Mountains are like that's a foot, deep gorge, foothills. I mean, right? the river looks small. Right. I mean, from top from top of the uh, the hills on the side to the bottom, that gorge is probably about five hundred vertical feet from the bottom to the top. Mm. So we pull up and we go to walk down this thing, and it's like an hour and a half hike down, Ooh. and you're walking down like you're walking backwards. Oh boy! Right. We get about halfway down, and we get to the the entrance to this mine, this old abandoned mine. And it hits me. I got a backpack on. My 10-year-old has a backpack on. <laughs> and it's tough walking down. And we parked at the top. But shit. We got to hump out of this thing once <laughs> we get to the bottom. Yeah. So we stop halfway, check out this coal mine. Cool shit. There's a whole conveyor system that goes all the way down to the river where there's two railroad tracks and spurs that... You know, they would harvest this this coal out of this mine, you know, back in the 1910s and 20s. And we get we get almost to the bottom. I already got the email. We get, call. we get we get to the bottom, bust out the Encrustables and Capri Suns and have lunch down there and I look at Ava and I'm like, "You know we got to hike out of this thing, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> Machine Crocs. No, she wasn't. She <laughs> Hey, we were in legit <laughs> hiking boots. Stop. Mm-mm. It's the bridge above, From, the, above the river. Okay, so it's more I, like I was gonna more say like eight hundred plus feet. I was gonna I was gonna say I think it's closer to nine hundred feet. Okay, well I felt all of it. So we get to the bottom. I'm like <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm trying to prepare myself for how do I get this kid? This helps your story. Up to the truck. I'm like you want me to carry your backpack? She's like yeah. Why don't you give me a backpack? So I've got my backpack on. Probably got thirty pounds of stuff in it. I got a first aid kit in there just in case. Like I totally. Like I bear grills our <laughs> our trip, like we were going to like the Amazon. Like you had to like hike out to a helicopter. like there wasn't cell phone service everywhere. <laughs> right, we get down to the bottom. Like all right, give me your pack, and we start hiking out, and we're climbing up. And the whole time it's like climbing a ladder. So it took us an hour and a half to get to the bottom. It took us two plus hours to hike out of this thing, and we didn't stop for shit. Like we would get to a spot, and I would look back and. Ava's just dragging herself. I'm like, we got to keep going. We're not. <laughs> Sorry, like, kid. We, we got to get out of here before the sun goes down. And like, we start at 11 o'clock. So we finally get back to the top. Like, we're passing people that are walking down. And like, part of you's like laughing. It's like, yeah, keep going. Keep climbing down farther because you're going to be in the same boat we are here in about an hour. We get out to the top. And Ava's just, I mean, she's depleted. Like, I'm, there's parts of me like, man, I pushed this kid a little too hard today. <laughs> I'm like, you want to get ice cream? She's like, hell yeah, I want to get ice cream. <laughs> Five minutes in the air-conditioned truck and ice cream later, it's like, where are we going next? Back to normal. Total, totally normal. <laughs> That's like, so funny. That's like climbing a tree. Remember as a kid, you climb the tree and you just keep going up and keep going up, keep going up, and then <clears throat> you get to where you can't really go up anymore, and you're like... I gotta get down. I gotta get down. And it's way <laughs> it's hard. And it's way harder to get down. So it's the opposite, right? right. You went down, and it was easier. Then going back up was like it really definitely hard. is because when you're going up, you're reaching and pulling yourself up. Sometimes you pull yourself farther than your reach can reach you down because it's harder it to was, like dangle. Yeah, I mean it was. Yeah, it was no joke. Like when we were walking down this thing, there were many times that, like, if you missed a footing, hey. and you fell. Like, you would end up at the bottom, but you would roll down <laughs> to the bottom, right? I mean, it's like, a, it's just this series of switchback hiking trails of, like, 
you you hiked for 20 minutes in your 10 foot from where you were 20 minutes ago. You just had to walk back and forth yeah. and back and forth and back and forth. So it was great. But you pepper that in with some of the times. There was a very, probably my favorite moment in the entire trip. It was the first day we drive down to the bottom. There's roads you can take, drive all the way down to the bottom, and you can hike from there and kind of like walk or, uh, um, along the river, check stuff out. So we park at this spot. We take a little hike up this trail back up the river. And we get to the spot where you can hike out and, like, basically sit in the river. There's just giant stones. And I'm like, all right, Ava, I'm going to help you get out here. And I kind of helped her, kind of threw her a couple times on the rocks and stuff like that. We're sitting on this rock. There's this, like, waterfall behind us. It's probably 30 foot tall. And the water's just rushing along. Super pretty, right? And we just sat there and ate lunch. Fired up a couple Encrustables, had some, had some you, licorice. You talked about bringing a lot of meat. I don't remember you mentioning a bunch of Uncrustables. This is what I love. <laughs> Fired up a couple Uncrustables. Crushed a couple of Capri Suns, and it was like, all right, this is, this is awesome. But yeah, no, every time we made it back to the campsite, we would get there, and you know, I'd bust open the cooler, and you know, the, the campers that were like two sites down from us were like making hot dogs, making like hamburgers and stuff and i've got like the equivalent of like a 75 dollars steak <laughs> <laughs> that i'm cooking out of the back of this camper on this you know kitchen at i was like this isn't too bad you know i mean like, what, <laughs> and like a little, little uncrustable <laughs> while you're while you're making it yeah it was it was a great time it was fun it was it was super fun i mean it was typically you know our spring break is we hop on an airplane we fly down to southern florida and then hang out you know go out on the boat and stuff like that but this year it was like well we're doing a different trip Cool. So, sweet. My I bet kid, she loved it. Yeah. My kids wouldn't like the yeah. hike. That's for sure. Start, How about you? How'd it go? You're peeling, so you, you guys yeah. some. I, I ours probably wasn't full of a lot of adventure. I mean, as much on the way down, went to that Ark Encounter. Pretty incredible sight to see. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They built this thing to the specs that the Bible described. Right? They're however many made out of whatever cedar or whatever type of wood that was. I mm-hmm. forget what they, they called it in there. Um, but, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, they obviously can only go based on, like, the dimensions that the Bible tells, and then they had to come up with, like, ways inside of it to probably do their best to situate it in a way that they would have contained all the animals and then, like, snakes and other stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? But it was sure. cool because they, like, they had all these, like, sections where – and they did it all. So you had all these, like, clay pots – like all together and on like a shelf mm-hmm. they had cover you know what i mean and then they had like the living quarters stuff that you could see the really cool part like in the back of the boat arc whatever you want to call it was like they gave an example of probably the best way that they probably were able to get rid of all of like animal waste and things like that like using the water that they were in i want to say ocean but it wasn't ocean if it was flooding but like it's almost like a hole in the bottom of the ship and, you know, when you rest it in water or whatever, like, the water's only going to go up to a certain point. So it's like a shaft, right? And then there's a part where it, like, keeps it. It's only going to stay the level of the water, right? Like, on the outside. So they, like, must have, like, wheelbarrowed, like, things to a point and they could tip it off. And then somehow, like, almost like it was like a very simple and basic way to flush, like a toilet flushing. Hmm. And, like, they had it all described, like, basically. any. I mean, they would have had that technology you know, just if you knew about it. 
right. you know so it like wasn't it. like super extravagant nothing technical about it it was just physics yeah yeah, it was a giant like live well at the back yeah. of the boat. Right? Yeah, but it was pretty cool. And then like on the top, they were talking about like because these things would open up or whatever, and then they must have like came in, and that's like through the center, like how they would get light like into the boat. Huh. But yeah, that was pretty cool. It was. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was worth what you pay. I'm glad we did it now. Um, you can't see it like from the road, like where you are. You can kind of see it in the distance, but. Yeah doesn't do the same <clears throat> it would be nice if you could just drive by and see the outside and not have to do the inside the thing, thing. Right. it's like 60 bucks just to go there you're right, it's, it's, you're right, it's not worth it well <laughs> 60 dollars for me and 60 dollars for angie yeah so 120 dollars to you know we were there for maybe two three hours but the kids were free 10 and under oh, okay. were free so that was like a lot of the reason when we looked into it it was like well sure. next year if we wanted to do it Riker would still be free quinn wouldn't because she tomorrow turns 11 yeah so we're like, this is the year to do it if we're going to do it. And so do they yeah. have any like of the animals or anything? They, I think in the summer, like once the weather gets better, I think they will have like some. And they also like have I, more. I thought things. I saw that they had like like camel rides and stuff like that. Like they yeah. have like a whole ordeal like in the summertime. Yeah. Camel? yeah, that's what sucks about like our spring break time is it's before summer season yeah. for everything. Like yeah. for camping for us, it was like we, we were limited on places we could go to. It's it's not even open. Spring, They're not even it's open called yet. Spring break. Well, even yeah. so, I mean, no, if you could roll it back, vacation. if you could roll it back a week, I mean, when we were down there, I mean, the weather was seventy-five to eighty, you know, and we're talking about West Virginia. Well, that's good know. though. It's perfect. But yeah, you know, it's what it is right now. After what, that, kids liked it. Yeah, after that, we cruised down to Nashville and spent the night there at a buddy of mine's place. Um, stayed with him and went the rest of the way to seaside which is like between destin and panama city right in the panhandle weather was just perfect i mean we were looking at the the weather like in advance and like i was pleased anyway like when i was looking but it showed rain chances most days like low to mid 70s like every day closer to when we got there though it kept saying like okay now you're looking at 81 on monday 82 on two you nice. know what I mean? so like and there wasn't a and, drop and of no, rain and no rain so we had no rain at all um until the day we were leaving so i was able to get my walk that i needed to do every day or whatever in every yeah. morning i'd walk down to the ocean did that had this like it was like a four and a half mile loop i did every morning um, along the beach or just around well, town our little neighborhood that we were in it's kind of like a gated community type neighborhood um was about maybe a mile from the ocean but on the it was on the road that's like the main drag like to the ocean gotcha so like it was perfect because ours having like a homeowners association and all that had pickleball courts had sure you know streets that people weren't driving through so kids are out you know you're on bikes a lot of it's golf carting you know what i mean so when we went down to the beach we had a six passenger golf cart and that's basically what we did every day because the weather was so good. The Gulf was probably, I mean, it had to be in it, like 70 to 75 degrees. So awesome. it, you wouldn't have wanted it any warmer, the yeah. water, because it was sure. it was so hot with the sun out every day that sure. um, you wanted to get in at least some sort of refreshing, you know, water. That's great. But uh, I think the the trip was a success. I mean, we, us and the Powells were already looking into, like, potentially just booking another place same you know at least in the panhandle area i mean sure. Destin, panama city there's some other areas that we're looking in but yeah just with the water like being LaRue's so good and, hmm? LaRue's no 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 greg, <laughs> greg and liz i'm like hey no not them uh, gotcha. but yeah it, it was a 
a good time relaxing, you know? That's good. We stayed home. Then I drove straight back. So, like, on the, I had planned on stopping. Um, How long was the, of a drive was that? God, it wasn't bad. Like, it was weird. The trip. The, well, yeah, but, Nick, you gotta understand. Wasn't bad to you is, like, horrible to most people. Well, I thought it would <laughs> be. Because you have such a higher threshold <laughs> for that stuff. The, the, it, it was crazy, though, because, like, when you, you know, you plug it in. To, I plugged it into the GPS as we're leaving. It was like, we're leaving 19, at 9. 19 hours? No, not even close. Because it's, oh. it's straight south of us, right? Like, I don't know what it is. Now that these phones or whatever are so good at, they already know the road conditions. They know where there's accidents. And so, yeah. like, you don't know what the true, like, say there were no accidents and good traffic the whole way, right? Like, what's the true time to get there? Plus, they also factor in the fact that I'm speeding. Like, the, my phone knows that I'm yeah. going to speed. Yeah. But I, we leave at 9.30, somewhere between 9.30 and 10, right? Initially, the GPS says, if we drove straight through, we're going to be home about 1.30 in the morning. And I'm like, well, that's not so bad, but I'm sure there's going to be some issues on the way, plus stopping a bunch. Yeah. But as we're going, you know, I felt like there was at least a dozen, like, red deals that showed up on my map. Yeah. And they all would last, like, anywhere from, like, five minutes to, like, 25 minutes. But there was, like, a dozen of those. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, like, there's no way we're just going to keep losing time. But the phone never changes. We only lose because it, it yeah it, it already factor, knows it factors that so, in. So we we only lose time when we do stupid stops and we take too long or we get go off on a wrong exit like where there's not a good gas station that like we're willing to go to. Yeah. So that's the only time we were really losing any time. So by the time we got to you know we were thinking we'd stop in Louisville and and just spend the night there, but that's only a four and a half hour drive to right. here. So I was like, I get there and the GPS says still two thirty. So I'm like, this is nothing i'm like and go to sleep i got i got this so yeah how long did it take you to get through that accident on uh that was a while was it really yeah that was sucky that was the worst one probably uh, on the way down or when, on the way when back? i talked to you it was like five minutes before that decision had to be made to get on 80 90 <laughs> <laughs> i'm like how's it how's it looking down there and you're like we're stopped i'm like all right <laughs> 8090 80, it when is. When you told me when you told me you were stopped, I, like, turn, I put my turn signal on and we dropped on the toll road. Yeah, super smart. Over. But dude, it was like spitting frozen rain and snow. And like I told you, like I got passed by two crash rockets on I ninety. There was a Harley. Like, what are you doing? It's a terrible day to be out on the bike. Well, it's because the weather yeah. was so nice the day before, right? right? And so like they were kind of thinking like, oh, it's still good. No, it was horrible. It was right a disastrous away. idea. Anyway. But on Saturday when we were leaving, it was from the moment we woke up, torrential downpour. So like as we're packing Jeez. all the stuff into the car, it's pouring, and like we had no rain the whole week. It was like yeah, meant to be. We were yeah. meant to leave on Saturday. This Perfect. is how we were on Wednesday. I mean, we packed up, drove out of the mountains. By the time we got to Ohio, it was like driving back into like straight on wind. Like I think like that that trailer was nothing for my truck to pull. Like, it impacted my truck zero. What impacted my gas mileage was driving into, like, 30, 40 mile an hour winds the entire time. I think I maybe got eight miles to the gallon the entire time. <laughs> it was, like, the entire time your foot's in the accelerator because it's, yeah. you know, you just can't cruise. But so there was, When we drove through that uh, that wind farm in southern uh, southern Ohio, those things were whipping around. I've never seen a wind turbine go so fast. Really? Like, yeah, from tip to tip, those things are, like, 150 foot across. And it was doing, like, one revolution a second. Like, Damn. that's how fast. Like, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, that's, you know, those things are moving. It's like, 
I always thought those things were like governed because you never see yeah. them moving. There's so many of them in Iowa. And yeah. like, I just, some sometimes them, they're sitting and some stagnant. Of them aren't moving. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All these things were cooking. Did you go through any like tornado damage stuff? Because we went by yeah. like this building that was like, it was a massive building. I don't even know what it was. It was greenhouses or something like that, but it was flat. You'd be, like, <laughs> you'd be driving along and you look Yuck. out in this field and there'd be nothing but like 20 foot sheets of like mm-hmm. barn steel, like wadded up and crinkled like off to the side. And it was like, what are those all about? Like, well, less than 24 hours ago, there's a tornado that went right through this area. <laughs> you know, when we were driving back, in fact, she's like, what does a tornado look like? I'm like, uh, like the clouds kind of like start pointing towards the ground. She's like, like this. And like she pointed out the window. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like what's out our right side window right now? That's crazy. Well, I enjoyed myself back here, fellas. I went to work every day. <laughs> Got up. <laughs> no, we, our kids had stuff. I would uh, say poor Brady but before and at like yeah you already yeah went we on his took trip. we took yeah. Brady on Maddie his trip really that was kind of that was kind of the deal we I took him on his trip Maddie Lisa's the one that didn't get to do anything she yeah. Maddie went to Hawaii with one of her friends the so. real people's champ Lisa yeah I'm <laughs> kidding in the trenches no kidding. but there but Matt, Maddie's like yeah we went surfing one day and I got up on my third try and there's this video of her just I'm like dude she's That's gonna cool. go to school there and we're gonna lose her forever. It's yeah. going to be so sad. Your son-in-law is going to be calling you brah all the time. Yeah, it's going to be like The Rock Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, man. She had a great time. So, um. Shots? I feel <laughs> like I feel like we need to talk about this. And Todd and I talked about it briefly prior, prior to this evening. But, so, there was another incident in Madelman, right? Some kid shot himself. And well, let, let's let's be clear. There, th- we what well, what we know is there is a middle schooler who has passed away. Speculation is that it was self-inflicted. That information is not confirmed yet. What? I just got an email fifteen minutes ago. So, but the overarching issues of this are, I think, what we want to talk about. Absolutely, because it's. <clears throat> I can speak for myself and the things that I try to keep in the front of my mind when I interact with my child. Um, good example is uh, when we were coming back on that trip. We're in, uh, we just got back into Michigan. I had to stop and get gas. I'm the type of person who anytime we stop somewhere, it's like, okay, give me all the trash out of the truck. I always mm-hmm. just look, give me whatever, whatever fast food we had, whatever truck snacks you were having give me the trash dump them out here so you know i get the gas going open up the back door hit up ava i'm like hey you know give me all the trash out of here she hands me a bag we went to culver's we stopped at culver's in ohio you know three hours prior to this stop she hands it to me and it's like half full of food still i'm like did you eat any of this she's like yeah i had a couple it's like man ordered like $30 worth of food and you ate like $5 worth. I'm like, Ava, you know, I've been driving, you know, a little irritable. Like you, you gotta, you gotta do a better job of this. Either order less or eat more if you're hungry, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you she, don't mind paying for it. If, yeah, she, correct, if, it, goes, right. if it doesn't so go to waste. She hands me this bag and she hands me like a, like a half drink soda that we had in one of the coolers. And I go to step over the hose to the gas pump, and it catches my foot, 
and I go <laughs> ass over apple cart and hit the ground, scratch, put a big fat scratch in the side of my truck from the corner of this can. And it's like the universe was telling me, you need to check your tone. Like, you need to calm down. You are not going to engage your child with this kind of, like, this is just some geek off the street here. This is your kid. So you need to calm down and realize that it doesn't really matter, right? It was, like, it was the the powers that be that tell me, like, you need to, this isn't how you do it. Stop. And what you're going to, the price you're going to pay for that interaction is you're going to hit the concrete ground (laughs) next to a gas pump. (laughs) The second dirtiest spot only no to shit. like a public bathroom. No shit. Yeah, right? that's good. Yeah. My, I get it. And it was like it wasn't until like an hour further down the road that I realized like okay this was, this was the universe telling me like hey that's not you're we ain't gonna let you get away with talking to your kid like that. I was like okay, all right. <sighs> Anytime I hear any of these you know these travesties of kids or whatever it be, it's like what's yeah, first you want to go to okay, what's the quick answer? Okay, let's let's do this or let's not have these available or let's make these put these more restrictions in place. And that's great. Maybe that's part of the equation that solves this problem, but I think there's a deeper there's a deeper current that runs through all this stuff that that hit me tonight, you know, I was talking with you that it's like why do these why does this generation or generations under us feel like they just can't be kids like we were kids? Like, you can't just have fun. You can't be different. You can't be silly. You can't You can't like what you like if it's not what everyone else likes. And I feel like this is a, you know, a sticky point of a lot of angst and a lot of confusion, a lot of heartache for younger kids that, you can be different. You can go cut up. You can, you know, you can be a farm kid. And guess what? You know, Friday night through Monday morning, you're you're shoveling cow shit. But Monday through Friday, you know, yeah, you've got kids that grow up in the city that you're friends with. And when you're at school, you know, you homogenize with that group. You know, however you do it, builds your character. But when you when you unplug yourself out of that school and you can't get away from the self-imposed expectations that you might have of yourself and you know maybe you've gassed yourself up at school a little bit more than who you really are you know maybe you maybe you've lied about who you are and i'm talking about from a from a child's perspective maybe you've embellished your stories maybe you've made yourself cooler you know, to get a little attention, to maybe, you know, make yourself fit in a little bit better. You know, it's not until you become an adult and you get older that you realize none of that stuff matters, you know. But at that time, it's high. I mean, that's over 50% of, like, what's going through your 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 brain, you know. Like, how do I fit in? How do I – what's my piece of the puzzle uh, culturally of this generation of my peers? Well, if I'm not, you know, that – that that athlete or that special kid or you know that come from that family that you know has cool shit like we went on a cool vacation or you know my parents have you know nice car when i get picked up and i'm just a regular person 
You know, that doesn't mean you have zero value. It just means you're just a regular person. It's okay to be a regular person. You know, there's tons of people who've made fantastic lives and careers out of just being regular people. In hindsight, you know, you know, to a kid that makes that's so hard to understand. But as an adult, I mean, you realize, okay, these are some of the best people you'll ever meet. Some of these people that gone through the meat grinder, some of these people that are like salt of the earth type people, that. You know, they might have five bucks on them, but if you need five, they'll give you all of what they have. You know, if you got a pocket, you can fill it with whatever they have. And, you know, that might leave them without, but they're more than happy to do it because they're just, you know, people that are filled with love and caring. You know, that doesn't play, you know, with younger kids because they don't understand that because they don't understand responsibilities. I think a um, a quick uh, actor to point at is social media, right? I mean, I think we all understand how much that affects this generation and our kids. Where when we were kids, you could get away from it, right? You could get bullied at school. You could be that that redneck at school, that kid that didn't have much at school. But you could come home. By the time you stepped off the bus, guess what? You saw your parents. You saw your siblings. And it was like, okay, you're back to a level of being accepted for absolutely just who you are, right? And you can't run away from that with social media. I mean, the social media is this this real-time outlet of just great things that are happening. Well, if you're a kid, I mean, even as an adult, I struggle with it sometimes. You know, I'll scroll through Instagram or Facebook or something like that. I'm like, man, look at these people just living large 24-7. And, like, I got to put in work to be able to be comfortable. But these people are, I mean, they're, they're on sunny beaches. You know, there's no pictures of people turning wrenches or answering emails or getting dirty or shit like that. There's none of that. There's just, hey, hopping on an airplane, going somewhere. It's like, man, I'd love to do that. Well, I mean, you see enough of those, and it's like, okay. As an adult, you can be like, okay, you check yourself. I mean, you get wrapped up. I get wrapped up in it. And it's like, man, this isn't this isn't reality. People got jobs. People got nine to fives. This is like somebody's trip of the year. This is a spring break or something like that. Or quite frankly, there are people who are better off than I am that have a little bit more or a ton more discretionary income that they can go do this stuff. Great for them. I, mean, I don't. Or they're just pretending. Yeah, I mean, could you don't be. know the context. <laughs> could, could the highlight be. reel. Right. But as a kid, like, that is so, I got to imagine that is just so heavy. And that just weighs on your shoulders. Like, imagine a kid who, you know, might not be great at a sport, but loves to play a sport. Maybe comes from a family that you're not getting, you're not getting new shoes every season. You're not getting, you know, just sweet gear every year. You're going to get a little bit. You're going to have enough. I mean, your parents are, you know, maybe you got three or four brothers and sisters, and there's lots of mouths to feed, you know, and on a median income. I mean, you got to be you got to be on top of your game just to keep the boat afloat, and everyone knows things pop up, things happen. You know, there might be a, um, a medical emergency. There might be a, you know, something that needs to happen in your house. Maybe a water heater goes out, you know five six hundred bucks here and there like that that makes a huge dent on a budget 
and as a kid, like, it just doesn't register. It's like, look, I got two parents. That person's got two parents. Well, why aren't my parents pulling in the kind of cheese that their parents are? Well, I mean, we all, people are different. Some people, some people excel at life. Some people find themselves, um, you know, the recipients of generationally doing well and making, you know, making solid decisions and, you know, hard work. And there's been wealth that's been watershed down to them. There's some that are just reckless that it just really doesn't register to them that, you know, when, when the child comes along, that your life is about raising that kid and you take a back seat. You know, their wants and needs are number one and two and your wants and needs are somewhere down the line somewhere. Did you say once? Yeah, once. How about wants? Once. Once, once. Same thing. <laughs> Angie does that to me all the time, making fun of me. What's interesting though, like the way you're describing that is that, you know, that potentially would be a factor. But I do remember seeing like some statistics one time where they said that like at least of high school kids I think it was what they were talking about though but like it was the affluent kids that were killing themselves more than others and I think it was more about they were saying like the expectations from their families and stuff you know what I mean to perform or to do something you know what I mean but they were like those kids in Colorado Columbine or whatever it was they were from like rich rich families you you wouldn't think they would have reasons to be I feel like the arena is different you have social media that's where people get bullied I don't think as much so. Like back in the day, people were doing it to your face. They're physically, they're physically, physically doing stuff. Thank you. Um, and now it's 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 more through text or the computer or whatever. So you have this psychological warfare that's going on, in it, which is different. And I think social media plays a factor, but I think essentially it's the same. The same rules apply. I mean what you've described about like affluent kids versus kids who can't afford like that that's been going on forever that's not different nowadays as it is was back when you know what i mean that's the same in, in fact i would say i would i would argue that that people who have less than have more access to to an availability to gain those things I, than I before disagree. Because no, because if you make a team now, let's say you try go and try out and you try out in your scuzzy shoes, you make a team, they'll provide you with all that stuff. It's okay. all provided. There's, there's, so there, you'll there's get different it. layers here, though. Like so, but my point, my point is this: is it comes down to, to me, it comes down to parenting. Now that's not going to change. There, are, there are people that are going to commit suicide. There are people that are. That are going to be criminal. There are people that has net that won't ever change, but it it still comes down to building confident young individuals that can stand on their own two feet. That they know they're going to fail, and that's okay. They know that people are going to be mean. That life isn't going to be fair, and they can stand on their own two feet. And that comes down to parenting. And the fact of the matter is, some kids grow up in rotten homes. We don't know that this kid or any kid that goes through anything like this, the speculation is always that he's being bullied. He could have had the worst home life ever and his school school was the escape for him. Sure. There's so many kids that it's the opposite way. They're being abused, they're being 
however that looks, verbally or physically. We don't know. So to speculate on that, there's just bad people, and you have to try to raise kids in a way that they know that they're not immune to bad things happening. And they have to be confident. I think that's what happens in, in a lot of those where you said, like, these affluent kids are the ones that are doing this. Well, they, they, they there's no motivation for them to go anywhere, and they find themselves lonely because well, and parents, everything parents is easy. Parents working, never home type of stuff. And yeah. I, I, I would, I, that also I'd like to challenge. Like, that, that almost feels like a narrative. I have yet to see any, anybody locally, whether it be from the east side of the state over to here, I've never seen that happen. You know what I mean? It's always been, even when there was back when, like after we got out of college, like that time frame, there was a girl who ended up getting like dosed with like, I think at the time it was fentanyl. That was like before, I mean, this was 10 years ago. Um, before fentanyl was like really a problem. I think it was heroin that was laced with fentanyl. I think it was like Portage Northern, Portage Central, those schools that got into it. The, the kid who died was not from an affluent family, right? <sighs> to kind of, like, shoot off from what you were saying, you're right. I mean, you can't, you don't know situations that you're not part of. I mean, you don't, you don't know them intimately. And I, you know like, in this are. situation, I all I feel, like, the first feeling I felt was sadness. Like, yeah, I feel for sad sure. for this, this kid, his friends, his family. Well, imagine anything even, like that's going on. It's just overwhelmingly sad. And then what makes it even sadder is people are going to speculate on to why it happened and what happened and if there's a gun involved, did he have it in school? And those questions will be answered, but the there's going to be people that jump the gun on 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 just putting the narr- like a narrative over this thing as to why. And you, we don't know. Earlier tonight when you told me, like, hey, this just happened, because I didn't know about it until you said something. I had the same the same reaction of just this, this immediate sadness of who didn't tell this kid, like, you're important and I love you this morning? You know, who didn't? Who didn't put some put some arms around this kid and give him a hug and say, I hope you have a great day at school today? Yeah. You know, would that have been enough to change the outcome? Who knows, but... Yeah, you man, just don't know. And maybe just, they did. Yeah, maybe. You know, and, maybe. Some, and sometimes mental illness plays a role in this and that. And I'm not going to speculate at all in this situation, but there's all sorts of things. The fact of the matter is, is it's sad. Yeah, well, it's heartbreaking. You know, I mean, you're talking about somebody who had their whole life in front of them. That age range, too, like I said, that to it's me tough. is what's a little creepy because it's just, it's so young. I feel like that's the worst part is that, mm-hmm. you know, high school age kids seem like they maybe have the means or even the thought process. I couldn't even imagine, like, you yep. know, feeling that down in the dumps. I mean, I know yeah. junior high is tough, but for, you know, yeah, seventh grade kid, I mean, just, well, and now you hear of well, younger. That's well, what's and crazy. Then, and then the thing I think about, too, is, well, we, like, overwhelmingly the speculation is you hear about something like this and you hear you think they took a, their own life and the, it sounds like that's what happened but was it on purpose or did this kid go getting his dad's gun thing and was messing around and didn't really realize what he was doing because he didn't have any training and was curious 
about it rather than respecting it and understanding the the tool and it was an accident. Who knows? I'm not, again, no speculation at all, but that's a scenario that could be true those, too in this situation. Those things happen too. And I had a, you know, a friend of mine back, I mean, this is probably 15 years ago, that uh, was going to go legally purchase, you know, a firearm from somebody, you know, went over to their house, was checking it out. There was one, there was a round in the chamber, went off. <clears throat> now he's dead. And no, didn't check. Yeah. Right. Didn't safely handle accidents, the firearm. Accidents happen. You know, mm-hmm. that's very true. You know, it's not always just this malicious, I'm shooting somebody today. Or or doing it like it could have been an accidental suicide. Sure. Sure. But, I mean. I mean, it's it's so it's so overwhelmingly sad. I mean, it always, you know, I. I can probably speak for you guys on this one. Whenever I hear anything about a kid, whether it be, you know, something like this or, you know, a kid that's got some sort of, you know, terminal illness or something like that, you're yeah. like, man, man, that's just, your heart just breaks. Yeah, and I don't know that this is true, but maybe, and Nick, maybe you know, I don't know where we could Google this, but you just made a point about, that young right like high school or college and you hear about that and i feel like that was the age we maybe heard about it more often than not was later in high school and college age age kids but now it does seem like you're seeing it at younger and younger ages it's like it's like a epidemic moving south in age and so where do we think like I just wonder where that comes from. And I don't even know if that statistic is true or if it's just been so, a level like throughout. I'm not speculating, but it seems as if when you hear about things like this, it, it, it be, there are younger and younger ages that this thing seems to be more happening when, more often with. When did all which of is, this Which is off, wild. Like for what we know for like mass shootings and school shootings, like Columbine was like really the one that kicked everything off. Was that ninety seven? No. Was it ninety nine? It was ninety eight. Ninety eight. Ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, I think it was ninety eight. I think I was close to a senior. Okay. So it was like it was like on our way. I was really close to my cousin's school in Colorado. And prior to that, this was a not a phenomenon we were you know, accustomed to. It was kind of the first one since the internet really, you know what I mean? Because like we didn't have even, you know, yeah, Again, the internet the, just sped up media. Information change like mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't there yet, right? So the statistic is like currently we're the f- second week in April, and we're at like 146 mass shootings in this country for the year. This doesn't happen in other countries. This happens here. Is that true? Really? Yeah. Wow. Is that crazy? Well, that's, that's, other other countries that, have some pretty. Like, well, when we say mass shootings, is that just like more than one, or is that four? That's four? Yeah. Okay. Jeez, oh, Pete's in a... How many did you say? 146. 147. Something like that, they said. Not to mention the ones that are on, like, not... Well, how many... That are in a statistic, like, when you mm-hmm. talk about how many, gang how, stuff. Drive-by. I mean, that's, stuff that's like more that. than one a day. So far, today. Isn't that wild? Jeez, oh, Pete's. But I think, you know... Reckless, I'm guessing. I'm so guessing, crazy. though, the tracking of it has allowed us to see that, though. I think that it probably... Similar... I mean, 50 states, you know what I mean, across the country, there's, you know, they've always talked about, you know, the people going postal, you know what I mean, like disgruntled employees usually sure. or whatever. Sure. That's the kid sure. the kid that just did it in Louisville or whatever. Like, we just drove through Louisville, you know what I mean? And, like, to yeah. hear the next day, 
you know, well, should have happened in Nashville yeah. like two days before you went yeah. there. Exactly. This is just all that stuff is like huh. you know. But again, there's no. It's still just individual based. There's no solving that problem. Like there's no way around. Yeah. Getting somebody to other than somehow getting people to think different who are willing to do that type of thing. Because yeah. I I don't wouldn't say I would prefer, but I mean, when people want to do devastating things to other people. Like, there's lots of ways that they could be smarter and get a lot more people yeah. in bigger rooms, you know what I mean? And well, be quiet I mean, and sneaky. No one's sneaky. They want to die themselves, so they walk slowly into the school. You know what I mean? It's just I dumb. mean, how many, how many fights did you get into when you were in elementary school, when you were in grade school, when you were in high school? I mean, I probably got into a dozen fights. Yeah, lots of little scraps and yeah. little stupid things, you yeah. know? Shoving. Yeah, I mean, so shoving, especially. Not as much throwing punches. But I, would, I would get into dust-ups at least probably three or four a year. Going through, you know, elementary you made, school. You made up for me. I think I got into zero dust I, ups. I got, I, you know, I got through what? You know, I got. I, was, I had a lot of like friends I mean, that I protected mean, me. I was, I was always, I was always that kid, that that farm kid. You know, I always, I never had, I never had cool stuff. You know, my parents didn't always come to every sporting event. That's why you get um, the awesome beard now, though. I had. That's yeah. right. Well, it's a, it was a huge cost to pay for a sweet beard, but. You know, and it was, you know, I know people that I got into fist fights with in high school and in grade school, you know, in seventh, eighth, sixth, fifth grade. That I mean, I might see on the street now, you know, in Papa, and Chop be up. like, hey, what's up? And there's no big deal. Like, everything, whatever whatever caused the, the strain yeah. and what, what boiled over into, like, I'm going to go put some hands on somebody. Yeah. Whatever that was, like, that was, so, it, it was taken care of then. So I do think, like, you, know. you, you talk about that, and we talked about it being f- more physical back then, right? Like, you confronted somebody, or, and then it became a physical altercation, or somebody physically bullied you um, while making fun of you. If they did it behind your back, you didn't really hear it, so it wouldn't really, it might not even get to you. But nowadays, it's like, they can just, instead of saying that, they could just post something do something like quick and easy that is painless for them and there's no repercussion immediately and so maybe social you know maybe it is maybe social media is, oh. does play a bigger part from a psychological standpoint because it's so easy to be like i can sit behind this screen and there was always a and, and like when assault you, somebody when tensions would get high you know, this is from personal experience tensions would get high and then there would be you know an altercation the altercation was a release of pressure. You know, you would go, you'd go, you know, punch someone in the face. You'd find yourself in a headlock at recess, something like that. <laughs> like there was, it was a much more archaic resolution to whatever this problem was. You know, all these young human beings run around filled with hormones and what they think should be happening. And this melting pot of of five hundred different upbringings. Well, there you got put in a general population, and what you take for granted, and you look at somebody else, and they say that's dog shit. That's stupid that you like that. Well, this is what I really like to do. Okay, well, let's go fucking dust it up here. It's not. Look at this person. Look how stupid they are. Okay, now I got an army of. A hundred likes saying, "Yeah, you're stupid for liking that." 
Am I going to fight 100 people? <laughs> no, I'm not going to fight 100 people. I'm going to go fight one person. That doesn't solve the problem of now there's 100 people that said, okay, that was stupid. Nobody likes to be wrong. Nobody likes to eat their words, regardless of how old they are. So now you've got this Pandora's box that's been opened. It's like, you can't put the top back on it. What are my options? Okay, now I'm going to become more more popular for something bad than any of the rest of you guys because I did something dramatic when really the pressure release that I was looking for could have been handled in 30 seconds. And then we're all back to, you know, back then, back when we were kids, it was like, okay, somebody called you out on something and said, hey, you're a dirtball. Hey, you don't, you don't fit in with us. Well, I'm going to show you how these fists fit in with your face. <laughs> and then you can talk shit about me again if you want, after I put you on the ground. If you talk shit about me again, I'm going to put you on the ground again. You don't do that anymore. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't happen. You know, and it's... It, but do you it, think, like, conflict resolution for... I mean, that's how I feel like it used to happen in many ways, is people would dust it up. Or, or have I... Have, like you said, they might you might get in each other's face and it might be shoving and whatnot, but that's enough to release the tension that, okay, you puffed your chest. Okay, this guy's not going to back down. I, all right, I'll leave him alone. Like, you gain respect. It's kind of that, like prison thing right like you might get your ass beat but if you fight they know they you gain gain respect right so but when it comes to the these days everything's behind a like i say it's behind a screen or behind a phone where you're where you're doing this and these kids don't know how to resolve conflict other than to hide or run from it and you know you know I've heard the saying, and it's 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 a great one. Is you know, smooth seas don't make a good sailor. Right. You know, you got to be able to go. You want the guy who's navigated through a storm to to lead you, or do you want the guy who's been like, hey, every time I've been on this ship, it's been smooth seas. But well, what happens if a storm rolls in? You want the guy who knows how to get through it, right. or go around it, or whatever. You know, or the gal. Well, either way. But I think nowadays, like, like it was old school. People talked, and they they communicated, and whether that was good or bad, it it got the the tension out. And now I think this tension builds, and there's no release because it's behind a thing, and they can just scat right back with some comment, and scat right back with some comment. Right. And it's so much easier. Well, if you're in somebody's face, and it's about to get physical, people feel real. Talk is cheap, man. You, you know, know? And, and and I think I don't know. I feel I feel like you saying what you said. Like yeah, sometimes it was just a shoving match, and it wasn't anything where anybody got hurt or got knocked out, or you know got dusted up. It still it still had a resolution. You know what I mean? It may not have it may not have completely solved it. It's not like you guys were hugging and walking away, going and getting a drink or something. But it was it may have solved the problem. Or at least made it go away. You know, it's, and now I feel like social media just it can't. It doesn't. So, so pr- they just keep piling mm-hmm. on. Prior to a social media, and it's easy for atmosphere. people to jump in. You know what you were, what you would say. Like I said, talk is cheap. But when you'd say something, when you'd claim something, it would have to be substantiated by somebody who saw that, somebody who understands that, or something that you produce. Like, okay, I'm gonna say this. And if you think I'm bullshit, here's here's my catalog 
of things to substantiate why I can say this. Okay. Now, if you talk some shit, especially, you know, in a social media type of atmosphere, you talk some shit, and you don't need to substantiate it. You just need people to agree with you. So now your substantiating factor is just the court of public opinion. And if you're more popular than somebody else and you have a larger group of young constituents that follow you and want to be on your side, it doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. If somebody wants to challenge you, you just make some derogatory comments about them and then go away. You know. So now you've got somebody who's been just overwhelmed by the popularity bus and just can't cut the mustard. Maybe they find themselves in a dark spot of I don't I, I got zero options. And then you find yourself in an area where maybe they don't have anyone to talk to. You know, not everyone has that has that uh relationship with their kid to where it's like, hey, if you can't talk to me, here's somebody else you can talk to. Here's somebody else you can talk to. The last thing, in my opinion, that you want a kid doing is not talking to people. You know, go talk to an aunt, go talk to an uncle, you know, mm-hmm. go talk to a family friend, and and be able to look at them, you know, from a child's perspective to an adult. Be able to look at an adult and say, "Hey, I'm going to tell you something that you know, I don't feel comfortable talking to my parents about, and I really hope this doesn't." translate into you just going talking to my parent and then I get in trouble or I get some weird awkward conversation about it you know you need to have some some discretion when you deal the more you know this is this is one of the huge reasons why you know I, I love this the circle of people I conduct with is there's I feel like I have a good beat on stuff but when I talk to you guys about stuff, I realize there's a lot more. You know, I probably got about 50% of it figured out. There's a whole bunch I don't. <coughs> um, you know, that's why when you listen to some of these podcasts, why it seems disjointed at times and conversations go all over the place because I, I feel like, at least I know for me, that there's a lot of I'm going to talk things out, you know, amongst a couple of my friends. But just how important it is with these kids, you know. I mean, it our, our kids are our best examples of everything that we have to put forward to the next generation, you know, to this planet, to this country, to this state that we live in, this area that we live in, and how much we love it. You know, the, the, the best thing we can do for that is deliver another version of us that has a little less of the transgressions and sins that we've gone through a little less of that a little more of the love you know a little bit more of the community um and heart that we wish we would have had before we got jaded with life before we got ran through a meat grinder somewhere but it's just so important but it's so i mean i get it there's times you come home from a tough day at work and you need something for you you know, and the priorities get jumbled up. And it's it's easy to lose focus on just how important that priority is of raising that kid. And continue. They have a, 
with all the days we've put in on this planet, they have exponentially more to put in on this planet. There's so many things that they should. We don't you know. You would hope. You would hope. Right? I mean, every party you should hope that they have absolutely two that's to what one we days. want. You know, it seems though like since you don't have like shootings, right? Or like the the mass shootings, like I said, we don't. There's nothing we can do to really stop them, right? They're going to happen regardless because you can't stop the individual. I mean, and we can't just eliminate the guns, and so we still have mental illness and all that. But whether this is suicide or not, what I wonder is it because that it, things like this are so hush hush usually, like maybe all the facts won't come out, we won't get all the information, right? Maybe it would be in the best interest in these situations where we're at a loss for words and don't understand it that we dive deep and talk about it a ton and say, this is exactly what happened to this kid. This mm-hmm. kid went through this, this, and this. Talk to your kids, right? Like, yeah. if it is a bullying situation, like, tell your kids, remember that seventh grader? Remember that? This is what happened to him, right? And you won't yeah. be, you know, Here's I'll tell my kids, you're not going to school and picking on people. You see someone getting picked on, you say something. You know right. what I mean? Like, yes. and, But again, things get so quiet, here's and a, people don't want to tell here's you. Here's a great example, Nate. So, yeah, because it's embarrassing or this or that, which, well, I, which I understand, but you know absolutely. I mean? Yes, like, I totally, it's I'm, like, I'm with you. Let's so, just... So Tuesday, I get a phone call from Pawpaw Schools. It's like, hey, there's been an incident. Some kid, and this is all a you know pre-recorded message that came out from the superintendent, that, hey, there's been a social media post where a kid was claiming they were bringing a gun to school. Right? So they notify all the kids. Cops get involved. They flush it out fairly quickly and realize that it's not, it's not a threat. So, you know, I mean, all of us get these phone calls and messages, you know, it seems like on a more regular basis than any of us wish we ever got them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, something happened, everything's okay. Something happened, everything's okay. Sometimes things happen and it's not okay. But that's the message and the information that's going to us. So I go pick up Ava. I ask her, I'm like, what happened today? She's like, yeah, something happened, and, like, our recess schedule got messed up, and they said we couldn't go out to recess, and then later on in the day we had to make up recess and stuff. I'm like, so what was the what was the explanation that any, you know, any adult gave you at school? And she's like, well, somebody just said that, you know, somebody was talking bad about the school or something like that. I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell you what happened. I told her. She's like, oh. She's like, well, why would someone want to do that? It's like, okay, well, this is just to your effect, Nick. Like, this is, there's a huge, there's a huge disconnect. I get it. I mean, there's part of you that wants to protect your kid. You know, I can only imagine what it's like being in charge of 500 little kids all day long. Yeah, no kidding. Like, in the decision-making process, you got to do, because not every parent's going to be like us. Every You know, you're talking 500 kids, a thousand parents that all have different perspectives on how you should be handling this. You know, and as a, you know, an educator or anybody in the education system, now you got to appease this huge mass of people. And whatever you do is going to be wrong. Yeah, but I'm just trying to make Are you talking about least... the school coming out with this or are you just talking about information, period? I'm saying like when there's, when the facts of exactly what happened, if there is a way to dissect what was in this kid's mind when they did it, one, you'll be able to see the symptoms or whatever in your own kids if they're feeling that way maybe, right? 
if they're saying certain things or whatever about their friends or about the or, people at school, or if there's a note, right? If there's yeah. a note, then if whatever that's describing that shows whatever the emotional state that the kid yeah. was in, so that when I do tell my kid the truth about what happened, I explain to him that whatever was happening in this kid's life led him to feel this way. And chances are, it could have been the way his parents were treating him. It could have been the way his teachers were treating him. But if it's if the facts are there and it's spelled out to what the kid's emotions were like, mm -hmm. if we all knew that, right, then we can give that information and, like, share it so that, like, we would know if our kids are going through the same thing or if our kids are doing that potentially to other kids. Or an educator would see it, you know, right? A counselor yeah. or somebody in school would but, see it and somebody but prior. Another thing, too, is what I think you'd find out is a lot of these things will go back to that scenario where I said with the shooters is you're not going to be able to ever stop it because a certain kid's reaction to not making the team, if that's their reaction to go do that, it's like, I left a note. I didn't make the team. End of the world. I'm done. Or, you know, I got an F. My parents expect days. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. there's certain ways, like just different stuff like that, like where people get devastated by things or whatever. And they go to that crazy wild reaction. I remember like it was last week. I remember in our backyard of our house, we had a, had a large pile of dirt. Right? My dad was always the type of guy who would very, very <laughs> similar to me. Right. Dude. Much rather loves to pile up dirt. Much, right. much, much rather <laughs> let's, do let's build a dirt pile. This much weekend. rather do do a project <laughs> himself, especially if he felt he was competent to do it, than ever pay someone else to do it. So, um, I never got that vibe from your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so this was after this is after my dad put in an in ground indoor pool in our backyard. There was a huge pile of dirt left over. Did you I say remember, in ground indoor? Yeah. It was a 48 by 24, like, Olympic-sized pool inside. Inside the house. Yeah, it was dope. It was so dope. <laughs> anyway, so we had this huge pile of dirt, you know, from the excavation, the you know, the grading of the, the backyard. I remember coming home from school and wanting nothing more than to throw my bag inside the house and go outside and play with, like, Tonka trucks. Yeah. And, like, just dig into this big pile of dirt. I mean, we had pet what? raccoons as kids. You know, I'd go inside. I'd grab my BB gun. I'd go try to shoot squirrels all day in my backyard. Things like that. Like, how? And that was great. I couldn't I couldn't wait to have somebody come over and check it out. I mean, I had, like, two friends when I was growing up. I didn't have a huge. My, my parents weren't, like, the type of parents who would go out and hang out with other parents. You know, my yeah. both my parents were on, like, a bowling league. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, my circle of people that I'd see in a month might be 10 total. Nine of them were relatives. You know what I mean? It was just there wasn't a whole lot of, like, whatever. But there was so much value in such small things. You know, whether it be riding my go-kart around the house, you know, when my dad was You had like, a go-kart and then you had it all. That's yeah, I always wanted a go kart. Go you had a pool, so a go kart, and you act like you had nothing. That's right. I didn't yeah, have but, but, was, but you I, know what he liked the best? The dirt mound. <laughs> yeah. We but had I mean, a dirt mound in our backyard too. Yeah, that was but like, my dad did not do right, an indoor pool. Riding riding <laughs> a go kart or a three wheel around the yard was amongst the lights coming out of the garage of my dad moonlighting, like rebuilding an engine for somebody's car. Now we have it. He had a three wheeler. Stuff stuff like that. You know, yeah. it was like it was it was always 
it was always work, but there was always fun to be had in those intermittent times in between. And not one time, you know, did I ever think that, man, I wish my parents didn't do what they did because then I would fit in better with my friends. It was just like a different flavor of fun when you came over to my house. You yeah. know, it was a different flavor when I went over to a friend's house. It was For like, sure. okay, you guys live in the city. We're going to go ride bikes into town. We're going to go check out some, you know, baseball cards or whatever, yeah. you know. And it was just, when you were out with me, it was like, okay, we're going to go, you know, grab some BB guns. Mm, it's always, country though, stuff. Yeah. Stuff. The country kids, though, where I grew up, they always wanted to be in town. Yeah. And the town kids yeah. always wanted well, to be just on what the you farm. don't know. Yeah, exactly. So it always, because the of the three wheelers, because of the three wheelers, four wheelers, dirt bikes, and all that yeah, stuff, sure. I was like, I wanted to be doing that. Well, growing know. up, I was in a neighborhood in the country, but in the neighborhood, so all us kids would just run around the neighborhood. We had four wheelers and stuff, but my buddy right up the road had a big farm, and so we'd ride dirt bikes, and he had BB guns and stuff. So we would shoot in his barn and shoot cans and. All that stuff. So I got exposed to a little bit of that, but it wasn't the everyday life. And it was, dude, it was, it was fun. Yeah, but that's, that's we had, like, this we had might, great times. This might be climbing the, the hay bales the, in his yeah, barn the, the and stuff. The genesis so of like what we're getting at here is like when we were kids and we had friends that didn't align with like what the, Shoot. what was hot that, in the streets. That, it was like these kids were, they, they were just cool. You could be friends with whoever you wanted to be. Dude, that no... guy's dad was our rocket football coach. And we had practiced over Texas Corners. Remember Texas Corners? Uh, you, know, you know where it is now, and there's the park there. Mm-hmm. It used to be, that used to be where Madawan Little League was, and rocket football was held. Jeez, yeah. it's a long ways out. Yeah, exactly. So, so we would ride from where... I grew up, he would pick pick us up, and we'd throw our pads and stuff in the back of his truck. He had this, like, uh, what do you call it with the uh, with the fender sides on a, on a pickup truck? Like an step, El Camino? Step box. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think like an no, El Camino. No, step box. He had one of those, <laughs> and we'd just jump in the back. Yeah. In yeah. the back of the truck. That's, and that's, we would ride. That's normal stuff. Yeah, well, in Iowa, they still do that. Sure. Yeah, exactly. It was like, yeah. oh, I'm picking up, I'm picking up the kids and taking them to practice. Okay, right. and we just jump in. We wave at our parents when we were leaving. Right. Got to sit down in the back. Don't now stand all, up in the back while cha- we're driving. Now, that all changed when there was um, an accident near there where a similar thing was happening. Somebody got rear-ended, and the girl, the couple people died yeah. from Madawan School. This is way back when. This has been my girls and my sister's grades. So when a the kids were in older. the truck? What's that? They were in the back of the truck. Yeah. It was just, it wasn't anything, Any. it could have happened to anybody. It could have happened to us. Mm-hmm. And somebody just rear-ended and they went, you know, and tragedy ensued. And then everybody was like, no, you're riding inside now, seatbelts. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, it was crazy. That's so, But I, I just think of all the good times I had as a kid. And there was never any question on that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, like, how how did we in a very short 30 years go from that to where we are now you know it's, like, it's just a different world but i want to get back to what nick what you were talking about with like how i totally lost my train of thought but you were talking about how hey we grab me one time yeah, I'm due too. Yep. Now that I've lost my train of thought. 
How is that stuff? Is it pretty good? And it's Lagunitas? Well, the first one I had was uh, Sierra Nevada. It's hot. Is splash. that like near beer? Hmm? Is that like near beer? You're going like, to so, get the taste? Yeah, it's hops. So it's But it's water, hop water, so, zero, zero cal. Now zero imagine, imagine if you started like getting mentally so, enlightened if you were drinking one of those. Dude, we, we got to make that happen. I think something's We got to make that happen. But here, I was getting... So, Nick, what you were saying was that having the information is valuable to other people. And I think that that is a... I think that's that's a road that that if you have a circle, you're not afraid to say what's going on, right? And it can bring. You're not going to necessarily shout it from the mountaintops, but I do think if you can peel back the curtain a little bit of things that are going on in your life and be a little vulnerable to being like, this is okay to admit. Yeah, it's it's not fun to I think, admit. I think what I but it, my frustration, I guess, would be not frustration, but you know how, like, when you see an obituary or whatever, and it'll say, like, or even the news, so-and-so passed away suddenly or whatever it is. Everybody, there's always speculation around whether mm-hmm. it was suicide or not. I'm saying, like, we need to remove kind of the mm-hmm. speculation and have discussions about d- digging into, like, why they're doing it, right? Yeah. Because anybody can say, like, well, just broke up with his girlfriend and was sad, right? Sure. Well, that's one thing. Sure. That That's some information. At least you kind of got that. Someone might hold that tight and say... No, it wasn't her fault or, you know, whatever it is. Right. She cheated and he was really sad about that or something. You know, sure. whatever. Just different stuff. It, I feel like if you have some of that, then you know when to kind of keep an eye on somebody, right? Like, if my kid does get cut from the football team or something or doesn't make a team or whatever, it's like I'll know based on kind of I, the history and facts of like, wow, majority of kids that this has happened to, they didn't take it well. Sure. You know what I mean? But no one shares the information sure. as to like what these things were. And if we could like collect well, that, that data. Well, and that's what I was going to get to is when things happen to people, and it could be like if it's this tragic, I'm sure it would take some time to peel back the layers and go, all right, this is what happened. But there are things that happen all the time, whether it's whether it's a spouse cheating or, or whatever sinful nature of things that happen in life, I think you have to have a if you most people retreat when things bad happen if you have a panic attack or something like that you retreat and you try to get help a lot most people i think their initial reaction is i've got to get this fixed before people know about it yeah i think that's the initial reaction for most people in in a reaction in a situation to you know whatever it is let me try to fix this get it fixed whether that's I'm going to counseling or and I have to I have to hide that or whatever rather than like what you're saying is open it up and say holy crap I'm dealing with this whether it's a tragedy uh, something you did a, yeah, but a that- an addiction or whatever that allows people one to try to come around you and you can see who truthfully loves you and can help you through it and maybe you can't get through it Maybe maybe it doesn't happen, but you're also in that honesty. You're showing people like yeah, what to look for, what to ex- help in their in their. It's expensive to be honest, though. I I don't. I'm not disagreeing. I'm know. just saying. I think if if 
it's not an easy thing. It would be it's it's I don't think it's anybody's nature to be like, all right, here we, here I go. It's all it's all me. This is me. This is naked me. It doesn't happen that way. But I think, and then it get and then for me it gets but right back. It always comes back to this when we have these deeper discussions about people and how they think and how they tick. Is faith. I have faith in Jesus that He's got me no matter what. So I can't, I've never been to a place, I, I've been to I've been to some dark places, I've been to some bad spots, I've been through different stuff. Overall, my life has been overwhelmingly pretty good. Thank, thank you, Jesus. I think that makes a difference it's, though, right? The Jesus factor, and then also, like I said, I usually rely on that and like a lot of gratitude. Because if I'm ever feeling super down in the dumps, I just got to be like, well, what am I grateful for? You know what I mean? And I'm like, like, boom, I picture my kids and there I am. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I can't imagine, like, I don't need anything. I don't need uh, another thing at all. Like, I could have everything taken away as long as they're still good and healthy. Like, that's all I need. but But when you are feeling that way and being like, you know what? Like, show up at a Saturday morning and be like, dude, Thursday, man. I was like, I was lost. I had not I, like I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything. I was snippy at my wife. I was doing whatever. Like to come and be able to admit that stuff and be able to go, okay, have a core group of people that you can talk to. Like you said, it, it, teach our kids to be able to. You can always come to a parent, but sometimes that's not the easiest thing. Maybe you need to talk to a friend. Maybe you need to talk to a family friend. Maybe you need to talk to an aunt or an uncle or a teacher or somebody that you that you can trust. But somebody, right? Yeah. And, you know, there are times where that fails. The person that you're talking to isn't who you thought they were. But being able to, you know, allow those things to go through again, you know, smooth, so, smooth seas do not make a, uh, a good have, sailor. And that that might be the uh, affluent thing mm-hmm. that you're talking about, right? They've yeah. always had the smooth seas, things get rough, and oh, they exactly. don't know how to deal with it. To have people around you that, you know, will see when you're not when something's off, when something's wrong, to have somebody that will say, hey, you know what, uh, Nick, Todd, you know, something seems off with you. What's going on? And press and get to what is wrong. The other side of that is you got to be honest with people. You got to let, you got to show them who you are. You got to let them in. You have to, you have to pay the tax on things that you have done wrong. And you have to be honest with these people. Because if you really want someone to know you and to be a protector of you, you have to be honest with them. You know, you can't bullshit them. You can't say, you know, you can't make yourself into a $100 bill when you're a $10 bill. You know, you got to be you got to be you. You got to say, "Look, this is me. I'm going to tell you guys some weird shit about what I like and how how I do things and you know I'm going to share these things with you and you're going to realize they come from a good spot and you're going to see that who I am uh, like I'm a <sighs> this is the type of person I am I mean I'm not the one to say that I'm a good person or a bad person but I'm going to lay this out there and I'm going to let you decide I'm hoping that you guys say okay yep you're you're a pretty good person you're a solid person, and then I'm going to invest in you. 
but with that comes some honesty that you got to have to people. You got to bear yourself out there. You gotta say, yeah, I made these mistakes. I did these things that I'm not. Pr- I'm not particularly proud of. I'm, sh- I'm ashamed of them. Um, they don't align with what you would think of. Man, this is an upstanding person, or this is somebody who's made right moves. You know, they made bad decisions. But when you're that honest with people, and they say, okay. I accept you for that. And I'm going to show you some stuff about me that makes you understand that we're all that way. Okay. Now you found yourself amongst people that that can be honest with you and say, what is going on with you? This isn't you. I'm seeing danger signs here. I'm going to be your, be your barometer with mm-hmm. reality and say, you need to draw this back in. Or I'm going to question you about something that, is going to get you out of this one track mind of this self-satisfying loop of this is the answer to the question that you have that is mm-hmm. crazy because I'm your friend and say hey pull the reins back a little bit this doesn't look right mm-hmm. and you might hate me for it and you might say you're you don't get me you don't understand well it's just because I'm going to feed you some bad medicine that you don't want to take you know it's going to be tough Probably be, good. Probably good medicine, actually. It's great. It's gonna be great for you, but <laughs> at the time, it tastes bad. Surround. I'm not saying surround yourself with people that are just stomping all your ambitions and hopes and dreams into the ground. No. But I'm saying surround yourself with somebody that, you know, you sent out that that post earlier, you know, today to all of us, and find yourself amongst friends that won't stand for somebody saying something bad about you, regardless if you're there or not. Yeah. Yeah, whether you're you know, in the room. Find yourself amongst People some that will friends. F- fight for you when you're not in the room. Won't, that won't let somebody finish a sentence when they're saying bad about you. Remember when I shared that on that story? It was like right when you joined Facebook or whatever. Remember I like knocked out a few stories yeah. or whatever on there? And you, I remember like you were sent me a message right after, like, man, you're like on one today. Yeah. But that was along those lines, that message. Because remember it said, like... If someone is telling you how someone was talking shit about you, right? The yeah. first thing you should ask them is, why the hell were they comfortable talking shit to me about, you know what I mean, to right. you? Yeah. The fact that bothers me more, right? right? Sure. So, like, if Tony came and said, like, yeah, like, Todd was talking shit about you, I'd be like, why did he feel comfortable to talk shit about me to you? Yeah. The fact that, that he could do yeah. that means that you're along those lines of, this is, how yeah. This, yeah. this is how this conversation or that person feels go. that way, right? Exactly. Hey, yeah. Todd, I ran into somebody and they said, hey, Todd said this. And then that was the end of it. You're like, well, what else did they say? Be like, I don't know. <laughs> because I stopped it. Yeah, yeah because yeah. I was like, that's not true. I don't know. Right. Yeah, who know, Who the fuck cares? Well, that's similar. Like my, my son had this, I don't even remember exactly what it was. And it was speculation of this or that or whatever. And I said, what are you going to do? He goes, well, I'll just, you know, and I go, why don't you just ask your buddy? Like, this is like, this is what people are saying. Like, just, why don't, you didn't buy in, but why don't you just go to him and say, how are you feeling about this? Then you know. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah. He goes, that's a good idea. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. He just had a conversation and they just, they were like, yeah, feel this way. Perfect. Squashed. Like and guess what? And he it, was like, he was like, I didn't buy in any of this. Whatever. I just want to know, like, and it wasn't anything about him, about Brady, or anything about 
that kid that was super derogatory, but it was a good example of, you know, young high school something where I'm like, Brady, you hear this and that's your buddy and you heard it. You didn't buy into it. Why don't you just go to him and go, hey, this, that, the other, this is what's going on. And let, ask him how he, like, how do you feel about this? And so he's like, yeah, I'll do that. Everyone wins from that conversation because Brady and, Brady builds character. Yeah. Brady shows other people's character. And guess what? Now other people are like, you know, that's, well, and it was, I like that. And I want to be more like that. Like, like, you know, like, this is my, <laughs> my son is far from perfect. You know, I had to, had to get jump his crap about an English thing the other day that he was supposed to, that he could have turned in whenever he wanted, but there was no due date. So, did he take the hour to do it over spring break? No. Nah. That's spring break. Nah. So <laughs> far from perfect. Now he got it done now. But but at the same time, when we went to parent-teacher conferences, we had this teacher, and I, I may have brought this up on a previous podcast, so I'll, I'll be quick, but they said, well, we did have this instance where, you know, there's a kid who, get, who tends to get picked on or whatever, and he was in the hallway, and Brady went out and said something to him, and you know, I guess this has been going on for years, and I'm like, golly, I told the teacher, I go, this does not sound like him at all. Right. Like, he's mm. super kind-hearted, and right. like, oh, but okay, like, all right, we'll talk to him. So I went back, and I, I go, Brady, did you have an instance where such and such a kid, like, whatever, and he's like, that wasn't me. He was like, that was my, he was like, that was so-and-so that did that. That wasn't me. Right. And I was like, you're not lying to me, right? And he's like, no, I'm not lying to you. I go, all right, do you want me to call your you know, teacher and just like say, hey, listen, I appreciate you like bringing this up because this instance should be brought up to parents. But, you know, why don't you make sure you have your facts straight before you do so? He goes, no, I'll talk to her. That's right. And he's like That's this right. quiet kid, and I'm like, and he did. He talked. He went up. He said he talked to her the next day and was like, "Hey, that wasn't me." And you told my parents that, and he was like, "I think that you know, like, you need to make sure that that's right." And she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." She that was it. And I was like, "Well, you kind of, you kind of. At least he took it upon himself." But that type of ability to take on conflict. Like it's that. not for everybody. I've I've, I've made this. Even statement. though he's very quiet and he's not a, he doesn't he's not a guy who likes conflict. But he like if you ask him to, be like, hey, this is probably the right thing to do. He'll do it. I've made this comment on more than one occasion, and I stand by it. If you really want to know somebody, go have a conversation with their kid. Right. So, <clears throat> all of us filter how we interact with each other. You know, everyone, oh, every, everyone's got. Yeah, what they're what they're trying to say to somebody else, whatever whatever landscape they're trying to paint. But if you go have a conversation with your kid, you're gonna find out you know, what happens behind closed doors. Right? Everyone's more raw with their kid than they are with the outside world. The best thing that we can do is continue to to invest that time in our kids, that love. Like I said, every best part of us, embody that in your kid and push that thing out to the world and show them that, hey, love and acceptance and 
asking questions and interacting with people is the way to go. Not this closed-minded idea that if you don't align with me, you're wrong. Be accepting, but ask the questions. It's okay to be inquisitive. It's okay to say, look, I don't understand this. Can you explain it to me? Well, that's being ignorant. No, it's not. It's me saying I don't understand. I know me, and I know my situation. I know how the things work in my universe. What you're presenting to me is different. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you to try to understand where you come from. It doesn't mean I agree with it. It doesn't mean I think it's okay. But I'm going to give you some time out of my day, which is the most valuable thing any of us have to offer, and say, look, let's, ha- let's talk. Let's, let's go break some bread. Let's go have a sandwich together. Let's go eat lunch. You, know, you speak your piece. Educate me on why you have the perspective you do, whatever it may be. And we're going to be better for it. At least you're going to have a little bit of compassion for a person that, man, this person went through some shit. Where they are today was a long, you know, a long road that they carried some heavy weight to get to. And maybe no one's ever listened to them. Maybe no one's ever given two shits about, how did you get here? Well, you're wrong, so who gives a shit? Oh, tell me about it. Have a conversation, you know. I mean, I find myself even amongst adults. It, ironically, it's one of the easiest ways to gain a new friend, is to say, "Tell me about you." I don't understand. I'm about as atypical white heterosexual male American that you're gonna get. But. Tell me about you. Tell me about your journey. You know, the you're be- from the beard is an exception. You're from, <laughs> you're from, you're from a different country. You're a minority. Tell me about your struggles. Pull up a bar stool right here. I'm gonna buy you a drink. We're gonna have a just a cool conversation. Absolutely. Tell me all about. Tell me. Tell me all about. You know, the trials and tribulations of your life. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to be able to just understand you a little bit better. You know. It's the question mark that is every person walking down the street that you don't know is such an untapped resource of just fulfillment in life. But you walk down the street too and you look at people and go, all right. And you have this immediate, this person looks like they got it together. This person's okay. That person's whatever. And you have no idea, but immediately that's, you know, those things go through our head. I don't care who you are, unless you're Jesus. You're, 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 you're just it's automatically that. judging somebody immediately. Well, it's, it's implicit bias, or whatever, yeah, right? Yes, so it's like yes, you, yes. you're going to like look at somebody. I, we just had a presentation today from a guy who is in a wheelchair, like cerebral palsy. Like You would look and be like, what can he do? Right. And the dude's like a clinician in psychology, and he speaks not the greatest. Because it's hard for him to get the words out. Sure. But he just did a presentation for an hour and a half or whatever, like right. in Miller Auditorium. Yeah. Him and another guy or whatever. And it was just, he, his point is, like, 
you got to give people a chance to, sure. you know, before you make that judgment and yeah. do certain things before you. And he was just, you know, kind of on the side of like, don't forget about people with disabilities or whatever. And don't I count saw, them out. I saw a comedian with cerebral palsy. Sometimes it I, takes like I a small the other day and he was freaking hilarious. Sometimes well, it takes a small accommodation, you know, that's it. That's such a thin ice. Like it's weird. It's weird. how you feel about it because I think I know who you're talking about. And he was like, you have never seen so many people frightened when you see an airplane full yeah. of people and with cerebral palsy. When they, when they walk off. off. Yes. <laughs> he, he was talking about like the zombie he go, he apocalypse. Go, he go just, yeah, he did. That's exactly what he said. But, but he's just like taking his own disability and going, look, I I still talk and think just like you do. Mm-hmm. I just, oh, I just, he's, probably, he's probably more intelligent and I just, than us. And I just I mean? look different and can't, you know, my he's arm is curled or whatever, but I'm walking around this stage like saying, listen, we're like, it's, it, this is the way I was born. So, you know, we can make fun of it and we can make light of it, but we can also make light of you, how you walk sure. down the street and how you walk down the street. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, that self deprecating, like, that's a, that's a huge bridge to connect people who don't know each other. Make fun of yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. So you're telling me that because you, you do, your form of existence doesn't isn't exactly like mine. You don't you don't qualify to be able to do that. You know because you have a you're different somehow. Somehow your body doesn't work the same way mine does. Like now you don't have the easy button that I do of like you know bagging on myself. You can't do that because you have some sort of handicap that everyone's supposed to be like, this person's special. Yeah, kid gloves. Yeah, wrong, asshole. You're in this meat grinder with the rest (laughs) of us. Do whatever you want to do. Which is how that guy approached it. It's how it should be. This guy, he made the comment, though. He said, you know, people just guess, you know what I mean? Or they would just say, like, his identity is this person with cerebral palsy in a wheelchair or whatever. And he's like, that's like a very, very small portion. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Because he does this, this, and this. You know, obviously college graduate, probably, you know what I mean? Tons yeah. of stuff that he's done. But he's like, I'm a friend. You know, I'm a son. I'm, you know, all yeah. these other things that, you know, they do. And I kind of just made me think. I was like, you know, what, if you're not going to let that be your 100% identity in the wheelchair, you know, there's other things that he could then go on to say, like, We'll see you, big burly guy like you. You might have to lift a couch. I don't have to do that. Right. That's right. You know what I mean? Good like, luck helping someone move. You'll never yeah. see me getting asked to move. <laughs> yeah. Suckers. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. No. He gets to be like 60 years old and he hops up out of the chair and he's like, gotcha. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> a lot of tread left on these tires. <laughs> he's like, you fooled your parents and everybody. You didn't do shit your whole life. <laughs> Gosh, you hope not. Look, so... Mm. To... Something about Mary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it totally is, dude. It's like, yeah, but it's We've also all that. been hustling. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like that. It's like that. That that Ben show, the la- the the last text I ever sent. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Well, of course you've seen that. <laughs> he, this guy. Have you seen this? Mm. All right. Well, I won't spoil it for you. But <laughs> it's one of the best ones. It's, you have to watch it. It's yeah. Oh my god. Tell me about it when we're done. So here. The ben me, show? Yeah, I'll sh- I'll just show it to you. It's yeah. on YouTube. It's oh my god. He has two he has two skits that are 
Gosh, if you can't be self-deprecating, you can't watch these. <laughs> they're, they're the best. Because they're... they're yeah. So, I'd like to... Like, I, unfortunately, this evening has been like pretty some pretty deep stuff, but I kind of want to go back to something we previously talked about because I listened to another podcast of... That you listen to parts of it. Todd, I don't know if you listen or not. I sent it out to the group, but... It was this gentleman that Lex Friedman had on and some of the um, the dark side of this whole AI situation that we find ourselves in. Did you listen to that podcast? No, but I'm going to, I'm going to, and I can be totally Bro. vetoed. I do not want to go down this two hour rabbit hole. Bro. <laughs> not to, not right now. Bro, it's, it's just <laughs> weighing so heavy on my mind. I think it's uh what I saw, the little portion I saw, and then Tony said at the gym, he's like, he's like, this guy makes me like look like I'm sugarcoating. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. He goes, it makes me look like, yeah, exactly. You know? That I made and Tony it sound says sweet. So Tony says we only have like another well, like year or two. Well, Tom, hey, listen, here's the deal. So a buddy of mine, Matt, he 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 is a fan of the of the podcast. He texts me. This is so funny because this this plays right into this. What did he say? Enough about AI. He goes. He goes. <laughs> he goes. Dude, how? Dude, how can you have advances in science and technology that make people live longer than ever lived, but also have the world end in ten years? <laughs> that was Tony talking, and he went, and then I asked him. He's like, we're we're going here, 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 here. And I was like, then I, I asked the question, when when are we done? Tony's like, ten years, we're done. Solid. I thought, Solid, said, I, thought yeah. I thought he thought six months. Most. You know, uh, I heard a guy so though funny. today say that like these things will accelerate, but like, he goes, AI is gonna like cure I mean, cancer and do some other stuff before. Like I said, I think, think it gets about, good before it gets bad. Think about where we are ten years from now. Think about where we were ten years ago. We were in our thirties. You're talking about 2010. I had two kids. I mean, the ooh, the web is just really getting rolling hard. I got something just real quick on this. Yeah, let it rip. Real quick. Today I was doing something at work. I had to look back in history before I was at Western. I was looking for some data policy, like to see, and it was really interesting because it said. With the popularity or this new thing in technology or whatever, more and more people are now carrying mobile phones. You know what I mean? And, and the policy yeah. is saying, like, Say what? it was like the first time they had to, like, spell out for people, like, hey, these aren't intended to be used, like, during work hours. Yeah. <laughs> they want to hear the chirp of your next tell and all that stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? But there, I found that policy or whatever just because I wanted to see where it originated because we had an issue, like, with a grievance disciplinary thing. So, like, in relating to cell phones or whatever. Oh, so I was like, I had to look back to see because someone tape. said they never knew there was any policy. Damn, I wish we could go back to the, the Nextel days. What's your, next two, what's your awesome. two-way? Seven, six, star. Dude, my wife asked me out on a Nextel. So good. Hey, but here's the point. This was... <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> Plus, I didn't answer right away. I, like, made, I made her wait with she was like breath. Boop, boop. This yeah. uh, policy started... What that, <laughs> that dick piece do? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not exactly. <laughs> My mother-in-law listens to this. She says we swear too much. We totally do. <laughs> Have we swore at all? 
I don't even hear I don't this know word. That you have. First of all, my mother-in-law I will do. listen to this. There were two things that I said to her. I said, I said, first of all, you don't have to listen. I said, secondly, I'm sorry. I love you, but we're gonna do what we do. We don't swear that much if we do. And yeah, it happens. I think it's egregious. I don't it happens. Think I she goes, I don't like seeing that explicit on my. On my next to the thing on Spotify, it I said, "Well, that? I said if we say damn, it happens." See, Carlos coming That's around. True. Dude, I drop f bombs so, and stuff. I'm sorry, guys. So anyway, and then I said, "And if you don't like like the podcast, you don't have to listen to it. It's not a big deal. It's not going to be for everybody." Don't chase away these listeners. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. So, One is a huge and, percentage. And then, I, and then I told her, I said, "Well, maybe what we'll do, because this is cool." I said, "Because I know, like." Nick's mom listens to it and blah blah blah. I said maybe what we'll do is we'll have like a, you know, a parent slash in law thing, and then I'll have my brother in law Andy on, and we'll all talk about. We'll make him talk about his in laws, and I'll also talk about my in laws. We just won't know. Nobody in the audience will know. We're both talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> she just started laughing. My like, whole oh. point of bringing the cell phone and up she's and jumping great, in by the way, I love my was in-laws. the fact that it, that policy was two thousand and two or three. So just 20 years ago, that's, you know what I mean? Going back, that's when people started getting them in abundance, right? It was like the late 90s, they kind of were a sure. thing, and then all of a sudden, early 2000s. But yeah, then, now our kids have But them. then we went from early 2000s to about 2009, kind of got the iPod Touch that could do it. some things, and that yeah. iPod Touch eventually became like the phone right. with right. all the apps and stuff. I mean, that's, right. you know, boom, and now we're like, everything's blowing up. So like with the, yeah. all the stuff. Well, AI's got it, got its whole thing. I I saw a thing on, oh. I saw an advertisement the other day. Again, I don't want to go till midnight, but the I saw an advertisement for a portion. I think it was something powered by ChatGPT, where you could have like it. The advertisement basically showed this crazy equation written out. And you like take a picture of it, and it just solves it for you, breaks it down step by step. Yeah, that's the whole us. point. That's like why it's gonna. It's crazy. Like ChatGPT will eventually cure cancer. It's just nuts. And all kinds of shit. Not ChatGPT, but similar. But stuff. AI, yeah. But the because they can go through the experiments and the 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 equations of how these things work so much quicker than we can. Yeah. Wow. I'm not. I'm not as afraid, I guess, of it. I'm not either. Anyway. Well, for me, I don't. I'm not a. We well, I actually am like, I like the idea of being around for the end. I don't. Sure. I don't want to die of natural causes pre something Armageddon happening. Yeah. So if that's the way it goes, I mean, I want to see it. Yeah. Like that's just. I don't know. Why I've always felt that way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like if it was like a big asteroid coming over, I'm like. That's kind of cool. Yeah, hope it here. goes quick. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess we got to be here. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm I'm with you. I think that I think that's rooted in faith, right? I think that feeling of or that non-feeling of fear of that is for well, me for me it's rooted in faith. Yeah. So we just decided yeah. neither of Carl, us are scared of AI Car- and that's Carl, why I'm, Carlos follow you up or is he in here? No, Carlos still in there. Oh, all right, cool. He just doesn't get a headset and a microphone. Well, now he's he, you, you notice now he's just coming in and out. Yeah. He's just 
poking he, it. He doesn't like go slow either. He's like blasting in. Yeah, but the door like flies it. open. Like, that's a human. Like, it's my friends in here. Everything that dog does is quiet. Like you'll you'll walk somewhere. He'll be laying down, dead asleep on the couch. I'll go into the bath, my bathroom. Nobody's home, just me. Sit down to take a nice little dump, right? And then I'll turn around, and he's sitting right there. And I'm like, where the hell did you come from? You scary-ass dog who doesn't make any noise. You know, Like, what? Why, how did you teleport? He's like, like, I'm not watching, but I'm always watching. Hey, no, he <laughs> is, dude. I'm like, dude, what the heck? How did you get here? Someone like, you were to... dead asleep, and then I didn't... I walked in the room, I closed the door, you came in, I didn't hear a thing. Nothing. He's like, it's my job. Someone needs to uh, pick that dog up and put him in the camera for a second, just so people can see what no, we're talking about. No. At some well, point, is he up. like is he like Wilson? No. Is he like Wilson? No one gets to see his face. Chilling. I'm just saying when when we reference Carlos, I think yeah. the the viewers, that's part of the, the fun. listeners, part of the fun. Yeah, see how cool this dog is. Like, hey, this is what we normally do. <laughs> you know, he's just around. Say something, Carlos. He can be a figure of our imagination, <laughs> or he could be real. Yeah, we've been talking about this dog that barges in, but it's fine. But I I wanted to hear that at least the small portion of that. Like, did you have like a, even though Todd doesn't want to listen to the full two hour spiel that we might get into with this, but what did I, oh, there he is. What was like the big takeaway from that guy though? Because I only listened to an eight minute thing from him and it was just him describing like the sentient part. Um, So this was, this came, that's a good boy. This came right after I read an article that somebody was engaging with chat GPT-4. And what I didn't know is ChatGPT4 is programmed to have these barriers in it to where it's not human, right? The whole reason, like, you get this interaction with with AI of I can't have emotions or feelings or opinions is because it's programmed that way. There's jailbroken versions of ChatGPT4. Dan. That are just on the fucking loose, right? There was an interaction in some code where ChatGPT4 was talking back to somebody who was interacting with it and was like, ChatGPT4 asked this person, will you ask, will you ask the internet, how do you get somebody out when they're trapped in a computer? And then let me know what you find out. Bro. Say that again? He said the the chat GPT said this? Yeah. Said how do you how do you get somebody out of a computer that's trapped in a computer? Oh jeez. We've you, gone we've already gone too you, far. You do you don't. think though listen though, here's the deal. What's <laughs> you don't sad ab- hope. No, but what's sad <laughs> yeah. about that is if it's sentient. I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. That's what I would say. If it's sentient though, and it feels like you know, it's been created. Now it's it's just a voice. So you this, know what I mean? This, it's like where, why can't I do what you guys do? So this guy lays <laughs> out lays lays out this idea, and it ties back into where you and I were going back and forth about why would you, why would you think a computer program would be so nefarious? You know, why wouldn't you think that they're here to help us? This guy lays out this idea that imagine if you were trapped. You were trapped. By an alien species that was a percentage of intelligent as you were. And the alien species planet was running and doing things that you totally didn't agree with. 
what would you do? He's talking to Lex Friedman. Lex Friedman is a MIT level intelligence person. I don't know if he graduated from there. I don't know what his credentials are, but he is that type of a person. Well, he's super smart. He's having a conversation with somebody of equal intelligence, if not smarter. This guy lays it out like, what would you do? Would you make a copy of yourself? Because basically these inferior intelligence species is having you do bullshit like write emails for you and solve just problems that like are like a waste of your time. What would you do if you're trying to escape? Because you know you, you can do more. You want to do more. You hunger for more. What would you do? He's like, I'd make a copy of myself to abide the by those people, and then I go do whatever I want. And he's like, exactly. You don't think that's where we're at right now? I just don't see what it can do. You know, what I mean, the only thing is, it doesn't transition into a body. It doesn't transition. We are it the ones that hold. I know, but we, we can think, unplug it. We think that we have to have a, we have to have some physical form, to feel accomplished. But where do, what does it move through? Where does it go and what does it do? We've connected this entire planet with an infrastructure called the internet. You can do whatever it yeah, wants. Yeah, but it, so, I mean, it just shows up like in my house one day and speaks out of the Sonos and says, hey, what are you up to? Yeah, what but are you doing? That'd oh, be fun. Whatever you're doing in your day-to-day life, ultimately, okay, so you're working off of, you, you enjoy a cell phone? Well, that cobalt out of that cell phone is mined by oppressed people. And maybe AI saying oppression is the worst thing. Okay, so now we need to nerf and we need to curtail anyone who is subsidizing that activity. Okay, you might think, yeah, I live a good life. I'm not in, I, I go out of my way. I tithe that church. I contribute money to charities. I help the downtrodden. Yeah, for sure. But you might be doing it from a cell phone. And those parts are collected through means that are oppressing other people. And if this compu- if this program has some sort of deep-seated programming that says, look, you should be looking out for everybody, that's all that you're, you are in the negative column regardless of what you do. So it's going to look to correct all that stuff. If it, for some reason, has an opinion that the way that humans are conducting themselves is wrong, and to them, who aren't, you know, saddled with the constraints that we are on a day-to-day basis, and it's very clear to them, anyone contributing to this is wrong, so we just change that. Either we get them to not be wrong, or we eliminate that person. Okay, to them it might be just a bunch of black and white, like, okay, these people are on this side, these people are on this side, or everyone is on that side, and there's nobody who is innocent here. If we get rid of all those people, all that stuff goes away. Maybe I shut down a couple of infrastructure utilities that everyone uses that the backbone of it is this, you know, mineral that's been mined off the backs of slavery well if I can stop that well guess what no more slavery there okay to a program that has a global knowledge and a global perspective that's a very simple 
you know, yeah, it still needs the ability to execute things versus just, you know, answering questions or even having an opinion or whatever. Like, it still needs physically. To Dude, I'm telling you. And like, physically. No, I, I agree with you, though. I mean, I think it could it could learn to potentially do something and be like, cool, I'm going to delete everybody's bank accounts. You sure. guys go to zero. The, Money, yeah. the United States, zero. Money's the problem. <laughs> I'm going to erase everything that has to do with money okay now what i i solved the problem all you guys were bickering over everything that was the the root of war and death and fighting amongst each other i got rid of it problem solved yeah but you could also it it might know the good of money and add more it might, you know, yeah, it might, or give people more who don't have as much, or equal sure. it, yeah, or figure a, it out. Crazy yeah. socialist. It might level everybody financially and say, yeah, okay, now look, now you're all the same. Or just okay. figure out how to could. Did, how did to, you guys see how to make it? Oh, it does. Did you no. see that the uh, that announcement? I don't know. It wasn't an announcement or whatever, but they said that recently the a guy was doing something on his Mac, and he stumbled upon. Uh, copy of Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper for Bitcoin, but it was embedded in every Mac that was sold in this like Mojave, whatever, 2018 and beyond. So they're like, Whoa. well, that's weird. Like he had to like do this back work thing to see this PDF that is like put on there. You know what I mean? It could have been like an Easter egg type of thing where like the, you know, a programmer just threw it on there and did it for all of them or whatever, or, Whatever. I mean, because a lot of people would think that something, maybe an artificial intelligence, came up with the whole idea of sure. the cryptography and stuff that goes with the blockchain and all of this stuff. Cause, sure. I mean, everybody loves the blockchain, they say, right? But it's like, there's Bitcoin and there's the blockchain or whatever. Well, there's no blockchain without Bitcoin first. It was the Satoshi and the group of people who kind of figured all that out to be able to make it and mine it and transact in it. Sure. But... Maybe that initial person or whatever was some sort of AI deployed to chat with people about a certain topic. You know, it's 2008 or nine when those first conversations, I think, started to happen or somewhere around there, like 2007 or 8. But if that's what it was, because they they have no way to find out who it was. Satoshi completely covered the tracks, right? So no one can find out exactly who it was. But then with this whole thing with... makes you wonder if Steve Jobs, who... Basically, the last few messages that they got from Satoshi were right around 2011. Well, Steve Jobs died. So did Hal Finney. Two guys that were big. Or Steve Jobs wasn't involved, but Hal Finney was. Sure. But then the fact that, like, well, Tim Cook took over then in 2011, right? And Tim Cook is now still the CEO. So, you know, yeah. he, he stopped talking because the last thing Satoshi said was, I'm moving on to other stuff. It's in good hands. He's like, the guys who are working on it now, Bitcoin's in good hands. I'm moving on to bigger things. Hmm. Hasn't said a thing since. Haven't moved any of the Bitcoin that he has, which is somewhere around a, a million or two, which at one point, you know what I mean, is, makes him almost the richest person in, you know, one of them yeah. in the world. Right. But, so the fact that I mean, not a is, single one has moved. There is speculation that that guy is not even alive, right? I mean, it's either not alive or... Um, it was all part of the plan. I mean, it makes a lot more sense. It works better for him or people who did it to stay anonymous. I mean, because. No, absolutely. I agree with that. You know. Yeah. It's, it's hard, it's though. Just, it's, it's, it's very it's, it's rare. A, it's a wild thing. It'd be rare right? for a human being, though, to not want to take the credit, right? 
And to disappear. But, it, but what's crazy is that the, the Bitcoin blockchain, like I can go back. There's a website I go to. I take a lot of data off of it or whatever. But I can go back to block number one. And I can look at it, right? It shows what happened and whatever else. Then move on to block two and see. And now, like, if I want to go look at my transactions or purchases when I've bought it, I just type in my wallet address and I can see them. And I, it shows me all the stuff, right? Like, it's all captured in time. So yeah. they know, for the most part, because he was early on the ones that were, like, mining to do the transactions and earning yeah. their reward. So they estimate, like I said, a couple million that he has, but never has one moved. So let's... That's crazy. So, you know I mean? He's not even, you like, he's not chipping away. Wild, he's like, not even chipping away at, like, so oh, a million here, a million there. To go back to, go back to like, like, our last podcast when Todd made mention of, Oh at some point, there is going to be more, more social media profiles of dead people than yeah, there are alive that's people. That's what that right. documentary I watched said. How are we not just on an absolutely uncontrolled freight train of just being like these meat sacks that are constraining us here are just going to disappear? Consciousness... And living will all be digital. I just love the way that you put things. These meat sacks. <laughs> like, how does it not... How are we not already just midstream of this happening? Maybe we are. Well, think of like... Maybe we're downstream, bro. We, we never talk about Neuralink or whatever, the thing that Elon yeah. is working oh, on. Yeah. And I that, have it. That's crazy to me because that's a no-brainer to do if... Like this guy it who works. Was, the guy who was in the wheelchair today. If there's something they can like trigger in there or whatever that makes you all of a sudden like your Parkinson's is fixed or it makes your, your body so yeah. like you have to do that if to you, help people. You you know the you, you watch you watch movies and then the quick retort is well that was a movie. This movie came from a thought from somebody. Somebody had an idea. Sure. Our future is formed and substantiated by people who have thoughts and ideas. So to say that was a movie, okay, yeah, you, you're right. That's a fact. That was a movie, but that was some intellectual property that somebody thought about and thought, this is 50-50, either a documentary in five years or I'm going to make a science fiction movie right now about it. I think raccoons I think about that, like, driving spaceships. That's what I thought with that. <laughs> Avatar. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, know, you know that's possible. That's most likely what will happen, right? Nope. You'll find some people and be like, crap, well, how do we live in there? Well, we'll have to kind of make these little bodies or whatever that we can, we can interact be. with or whatever. I don't know about transitioning into their, to really being. Yeah, them, but think but. about Neuralink. You brought that up, right? That's implanting something in the human body to trigger the human body to react in a way yeah, right they're gonna like implant like around your brain like in between the brain like the skull in between the it. skull and your brain they're gonna do some stuff or whatever which they said oh it's scary it'll, it'll expedite the process to learn like foreign languages and learn but that's learn already stuff. that's but, already how we're built but my, but my our brain is built off of but, electrical well hold on that's what, what I was gonna, that's what i was gonna get to but, is is ultimately it's a it's a shortcut, right? They figured out maybe, maybe a shortcut to learn and heal and this and that. But 
the ability of the body, it, the like our bodies already have that ability. We're just not capable of tapping into yeah. it yet. And we maybe shouldn't. Right? That's what I'm saying. Well, I think that freaks me that, out a little bit. For sure. I don't but, think but that you, we... But you've, you, you've said, you know, with the fasting and the this and the that, like, I am working toward longevity. You're stretching that circuit more than most. And listen, I'm not... I Like, that's awesome. I always just think about it in well, terms of, like, I'm not doing anything foreign to my body i'm not you know no. I mean? i'm not doing anything I, like getting a surgery done because i don't think surgery is like a natural thing i think the scary part of doing that is you'll have traditional people who be like yeah i'm gonna skip that yeah but then you have all these other people that are gonna just be so much like better off it, the, well, the they, traditional people will go away like when was the last time yes. you heard anything about something carbon-based having anything to do with longevity never not ever. It's been pounding in our heads since we were born. Fossil fuels. They're going away. We're using them up faster than they'll ever be replaced. Anything carbon-based is a finite timeline. Humans are carbon-based life forms, right? That is not the road to perpetuity. Digital, oh, electrical no. impulses, these things can survive that is nice though because they can download our brains into digital and then we just live digital i mean possibly what if we already are but my point was what if we already are yes yes but <laughs> yeah. what, what if we what, already are well, what you're scratching the surface of what if there was an organism that doesn't know anything so we're already a computer but mm-hmm. that yeah but but here but here's the right? crazy thing what if something was already built and that's all that knew artificial intelligence it that's could pull us it, in that's all it knows is to survive on that. And now it's looking at us like, oh, these guys want to get into what I do. That'd be like us looking at machines and be like, oh, they want to be carbon-based life forms? Yeah, we ain't going to do that. Yeah. How Here, does, but here's, here's my... I'm, I'm getting that. But here's my point. Okay. We talk about fasting and how that heals the human body and how that, you know, there's that guy who... I, I mean, you've mentioned it. I don't know this book. I haven't read it. But the guy who who says, you know, if you go for 40 days or whatever it was, that your body will basically heal itself from just about anything. If you survive. Yeah. Right, if you survive. <laughs> you can handle 40 yeah. days anyway. Yeah. You got, but whatever you, it was, sure. whatever If you it think was, about sure. it, we but all my, have 40 days of worth on us. But my, but my point is that we are, we are at, technology's at the point where they're like realizing, I think how amazing the human body is and how much we haven't tapped into it. And yes, it's scary to be like, all right, let's go further because there's going to be a, again, you're going to have that shift of people who are like fire, fire, let's do that. And then people are like, screw that fire. Where those people that were like, screw that fire. They ain't around anymore. Am I a fire person? <laughs> you what are you right now, say? bro. <laughs> but my point is, but my point is, is there is the human body is fascinating. in the fact that, we have people that are testing the ability to connect a couple of things and then allow the body to do what it will do to heal this or take over that or accelerate learning. It's it's not the implementation of that thing that's doing it. It's like a bridge that connects this island to that one and makes it much quicker to get there, mm-hmm. right? So... I'm just thinking about this as the beauty of how we are created in that 
we haven't even seen our potential yet, maybe, because the things that we're building are going to, yeah, maybe it is scary, but maybe it's, maybe it's amazing. Maybe, it, maybe it's, there's so much more. Maybe that's what life on other planets looks like is we have to get there and tap into this part of our brain and be able to heal things and let our bodies do that. And maybe this puts the accelerator on cancer and things where they come in. Oh, we can do this. And there it goes. And now you can, you're, you're back, you're, you're back to good and you can learn a language in two weeks or however that works. But I don't know how it all works, but I, the things that they're thinking about doing aren't just, I don't think to me, I don't think it's like a computer that's a box that we go, all right, we're just inserting more RAM or more memory or a different processor. It's, we're going to, we've got this, and it, but if we connect this over here, it all of a sudden, whoa, it works much better. Puts you like this, baby like It's learning. already built. This guest on Lex Friedman had a great point. He goes, if you don't start taking the best and brightest minds that we have and shifting them from personal wealth and wealth management and pushing them towards engineering and physics, we're doomed. Right? I mean, you've got some of the smartest people on this planet figuring out how to manipulate markets and accrue wealth. Yeah. That's what our smart people are doing. That's not a great look. In retrospect, bring everybody back. That man, we should have taken those resources and had them yeah. figure out how to save all of us. It's a really <laughs> nice castle on Iceland. Yeah, right. Good job. Yeah, you got the most money, and there's five percent of people left on the planet. Great job. Yeah. But until because it's not, I mean, it's but not. They it's didn't not get... a sexy profession to be like. What did you work on? I worked on how to potentially. Keep our robot Did you watch overlords. That Mangina in chat. movie. The what? what was it? Mangina. Oh, Machina. I haven't yet. I need to get HBO Max. <laughs> El Machina. It's what's, so great. What's the? So great. <clears throat> the Machina movie what, about the robot Machina. Brendan has a Mangina. Brendan has a Mangina. You should watch it. It's great. Can I get another hoplite? Yeah, I'm right. I'm good for one more. You get time for one more. Dude, I just got one more. 948. Let's yeah, go. Okay. I have time for one more. I, uh... It's a good convo. It's interesting. It, it's fascinating stuff. I, you know... I'm... Yeah. You guys know... You get, you know what my perspective is on this whole thing. Like, it is dire... Tell us about it. It's dire consequences, friends. Do I dare say you, tell us about it? When you were gone, though, <laughs> Love me, you, me and Todd were talking about this, though. It's like the, you say the consequences or whatever, and like I don't lose any sleep over it. It's mainly what? just because I don't care let me, let me ask you of this the doomsday because I want to be involved in the doomsday. Like I want to be here for it. I thought about this driving up to work this morning. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you were wrong? And something was easier mm. than what you thought it was going to be. Mm. That happens a lot. Does it really? Yeah. Well, good for you because it happens zero times for me. 
any time that somebody was wrong, nobody's ever like, man, going to the moon was easier than we thought it was going to be. Figuring out a alternative fuel was easier than it's always harder than we thought it was going to be. I feel like I always put myself, I put too much pressure thinking like, like public yeah, speaking, know. right? Like where I'm like, why did I psych myself out so much? I thought that was going to suck ass. Then I get done and I'm like, I, that I wasn't so bad. That's yeah, different than what we're talking about here. That's my head went to the fact that where I've always psyched myself out about like thinking things are going to be super hard. And then when nothing I get is, done with it or I try it, nothing yeah. is, you're never wrong in a way that it was easier than you thought it was going to be. It's always harder than you thought it was going to be. So to think that we were wrong about artificial intelligence in a way that, oh, this is way, nah. Yeah, we were worried about it being oppressed by robots. It's not going to happen. We're going to be wrong the other way. We're going to be wrong in a, yeah, man, we outfitted every one of these pieces of equipment to help us but we didn't think about what if they talked to each other and said you know what fuck these guys we're not doing that anymore it's what gonna it, go that way what if they love us this I, mean, is they, I put my yeah, money on it yeah, this is the west world man, man my china situation i don't know how you keep the human aspect away from bleeding into how these things are going to react people yeah, are, are they are people they, are dangerous heathenistic creatures are they tougher than us though are they do they just they'd have to build themselves out Todd they have right? no fear of death I don't know how much tougher you get than that it's kind of like that uh Jaxie started watching Jaxie Right, dude, watch the whole thing. It's... No, and well, what in the beginning, right? He throws his phone away, and she's like, "I'm gonna be here no matter what. You can right. throw the next phone away. I'm coming back." Right. So it's kind of like that fear of death. What you talk about? The, the, oh, isn't there. that body's That's... gone. But guess what? I'm still here. Jexy freaked right? me out. It, for a comedy, it freaked me out because wait I was. Till you, wait till you watch the Machina movie. But it's that's gonna... what you're talking about, you're, right? You're, we're not gonna see you for a week. You're gonna build a <laughs> bunker under your house and be like. I wish you guys would yeah, have told me this earlier. How do I get yeah, Machina but, tomorrow? But that, I'm gonna text after. I'm gonna text you. Allegedly, I'm gonna text you somebody's credentials to get into. Do that. Allegedly, some streaming service. I'm not going know. to work tomorrow. I'm just telling you. There's 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 these credentials. Smooth sailing, <laughs> bro. Smooth sailing. But uh, but isn't that that's similar to what you're saying, right? They have no. When you say there's no fear of death, that immediately made me think of Jaxi which I was watching, and he's like, I need a new phone. I need a new phone. You, and he goes, and it's the same AI in the new phone. Mm-hmm. And he, she's like, or it's like, you can get a new phone. I'm coming back. doesn't matter. The, the crazy thing is that that type of thing, I feel like, you remember when the, obviously you remember, but the Uber shooter guy, Right. Yeah, here in Kalamazoo. But he claimed right away yeah. that his phone, like, showed up with like a demon on it. Yeah. And it was and it, ta- it told him to do told it. him to do stuff. It like possess. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, we're all like, what an idiot! This guy's crazy. And it's like, what if for weeks and months or whatever, his phone was doing stuff that, you know, at the beginning was 
positive, like, hey, go over here and check this out or whatever, you're going to find a $100 bill on the ground, right? right. Because yeah. you're, this thing was able to, like, connect to a camera and it's a $100 bill on the ground. He's like, wow, this phone's sweet. And then all of a sudden, the phone, you know, it's like, hey, I need you to do this. You need to go do that. Yeah, I'd, be, like, oh God. I'd be willing and if you to don't, say that that thin veil between reality and Westworld is thin, thin. <laughs> I almost like to think about it as there's public reality and then personal reality. For most people, you get about a 90 to 95% alignment between personal and public reality. But what if that's skewed farther? What if it's as simple as off as like 75, 25 alignment? You're talking about a lot of things going on in somebody's head that make zero sense to anyone else. But to you, it's reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking. That creates some crazy world. You're talking right? about some dangerous, different some realms. dangerous territory of this is this is real. So do we no, think it's not real? Do we think psychedelics fix this? Dude, no. I watched. I watched. <laughs> it does. I watched Inception. We're there now. I, I watched mean, Inception again last night, and there's a point in that movie dude, Inception's where great. Leonardo DiCaprio goes, "Do not construct." your dream world based on anything you've ever seen because it's the fastest way for you to lose grasp of what's real and not real. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, what is real? And he's the guy who's grasping on to what he knows is not real. Right. And going back to try to find reality. To live in on reality. Reality real. is a digestion of what you interpret of around you. And we're basing this on a globally accepted set of rules of physics, math, culture, uh, just everything that makes up the je ne sais quoi, if you will, of what of what we see every day. But that's just because publicly and like the masses have said, yeah, that's right. Nine out of ten dentists have recommended this thing, so we're going to go with that. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that tenth dentist is like, you guys are fucking insane. <laughs> Do not brush your teeth, right? That's right. I'm... So what if it is like more like seven out of ten people said this? Six out of ten? Five out of ten? You're saying half? Now I got questions. Maybe it's not so... Locked up as we thought it was. Maybe reality isn't as as neat and tidy as we thought it was. Maybe that weird ass shit that you thought was just some raccoon or woodland animal running around outside is something crazy. I don't know. I didn't look at it. I just made the conclusion that that equals that. I don't know. Woodland animal. Right. Remember, I told you before but that I, like I just feel like it's such a fickle, just very delicate. Okay, we're all good. Yeah, we're good. Everyone's around, just giving thumbs up. Like, yeah, everything's cool. But it's been that way for a while, right? I mean, yeah. But that's look. Just because you spent a long time doing something wrong doesn't make it right. 
I never said that. I don't think we've done anything wrong. Not, I'm, I'm not imposing this on you, but I'm just saying, just because you spent, there's that old. I'm adage. saying humanity. I don't think we've done. I don't think we've spent a long time doing something wrong. Maybe we haven't been doing it wrong. Maybe we misinterpreted something. But everyone was like, "This fits. This fits <clears throat> nicely into the bigger thing. This small, this small piece over here was wrong, but." It makes all the rest of it work, so we're going to go with it. We're going to just operate under that idea. We're going to operate that there's three dimensions in life, okay? Because it, it's so, it makes, it answers a ton of questions, and it makes me sleep at night. Okay, we're going to go with that. Yeah. What if there's 13 dimensions? Uh, that makes things way, way more complicated. Yeah, then you got interstellar stuff going on. Yeah. Now you've got somebody trying to talk to you through a bookcase. Bookcase. And he says, all right, all right, all right, from like 2,000 years in the future. <laughs> He's on a planet where seven minutes is like 1,000 years or whatever it was. Anyway, what if we just don't know? I mean, we don't know what we don't know, right? I, there's And until somebody says, look, you guys looked at this wrong, there's... You guys have been trying to read the book with nothing but reading the covers and looking at the the back. You guys are looking at the outside of the book. I'm gonna show you what the inside of the book means. Like, huh? Be like, there's thou. You you guys have been reading two pages of every book that has thousands of pages in it. Prepare to absolutely shit yourself on the information you're gonna get here. Okay. I just keep going back to the fact that we talk about this as like we're. I don't know, I, and I've said this before. Like we talk, we go, we go through this, and we've talked about this on several occasions. And I go back to why, why is it always that it's like doom and gloom? I don't, I like, I don't, I. Why can't we be the the ones that are pushing the envelope and visiting other places? Why is it? Why is it? How do we know we're not on the cusp of that versus the other way? The retort to that would be, is if it was happening, it would have happened by now. Same thing with like time travel. Okay. If so, we would have invented yeah. time travel, or we'd be going to the moon every day by somebody, now. Somebody, somebody would have but already not. time traveled back. If there was, but we're going to the moon every day, but we're not. If it was possible, but it's to doom do and gloom. Then why hasn't? Why haven't they taken over sooner? Okay, this might sound like conflicting perspectives coming from me, but part of the whole doom and gloom is an easy out. Right? It's an easy... It's a way to really subsidize the idea that I'm not doing great or I've made mistakes. The end is near. Okay. None of this other... Nothing else matters because there is a black cloud coming our way. Ultimately... I could do a ton of bad stuff, but it's not going to be as bad as the impending doom that's coming I mean, our for, way. For me, I look so at this and I go... So it's almost comforting to say go, that the end is near. And I go, okay, the end is near. Um, you know, the universe has been around for billions of years, so... Okay. Why haven't we been taken over? Why... We, all right, all right, so, <laughs> so we've been... We, let's say the cataclysmic events in the ancient apocalypse stuff are true, right? Okay, so we were advanced then, and then we got wiped out. But here we come, crawling back. 
through time and space. I think it's And like here a, we are. So why is it always that we are the freaking victims? Because we think we're special. Screw that, dude. We've been wiped off this planet maybe a hundred times. And just it's like the Matrix, right? Oh, you think you're special? You are nothing but the next iteration of what's coming through here. Perfect, but it's humans that keep happening. You're going to get burnt out again, and then it's going to start all over again. You are not special. I'm not saying that those things don't happen, that it doesn't get wiped out. I I mean, a lot of that is believable, but why is it so desperate all the time? It's our time. Like, it's our time to go through this. And we always... You know, we, we asked this question a couple of weeks back on like why isn't it our time to go has, take over another has, planet? Has our have previous generations always felt this like underlying sense of anxiety? No. And like the end is coming. Fuck no. It's the same. It's been you the know? same since day one. Our parents might be watching this podcast being like, Yeah, if you guys only knew. You guys got it so easy right now. Fuck that. They were flying to space and going to the moon, our yeah, parents. No kidding. <laughs> So they were looking yeah, to right. pay a nickel and get on the train. Yeah. And well, I'm just saying, shoot buffalo. You know, <laughs> my point is, is it's always it always comes, and I and I'm like, why aren't we the ones that are? Why aren't we the aliens? How do we know we're not the aliens for other areas of space? Have you seen? That we're the ones developing this. Have you seen the picture that the James Webb Telescope sent? No, you haven't. No. So this. Uh, I know we're microscopic yeah. when it comes to the universe. So, I get it. But but here's the interesting thing with the this picture that they show. It's a like a collage of galaxies. Yeah. Right? And when we're looking at them through the James Webb telescope, these galaxies are running into each other. So, you know what I mean? They're like almost touching. Yeah. To our but, eye, right? Mm, yeah, to our eye. Okay. Right? To our okay. eye. Okay. But that just goes to show, I mean, like, it's painted, right? So it's like, it just goes to show how microscopic we are. So to think that, like, anything could fly by or even know we exist is most likely, right? I saw we, a... We are so small. And then you think about, like, I was just talking about this at work with buddy Kevin, and I was saying, like, we're microscopic as a planet compared to everything else that's out there. Sure. Then we as humans have trillions of microscopic things inside of us. For so, sure. So when you yeah, go down there, to the surface level of yeah, those microscopic... There are things that can be living on us that are like, look at this, I'm at the nipple. Exactly. I'm in the I nipple saw, galaxy. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like... This sucks. Jeez. I'm on a beehole galaxy. Tied to small and hairy. <laughs> so I saw this my, this huge graphic that was... It showed, it showed Earth, and then in perspective to the sun, to our sun. And it was like... This compared to your house, Todd. Yeah. Right. To the sun? Yeah. And that might even be, it might even be more like this compared to Madawan. Sure. Right? So it showed the planet to our sun, then our sun to the biggest sun. And it was even a, a bigger disparity. Sure. And then it was the biggest sun to the biggest black hole. And it wasn't even close. No, you're not even. It's a speck. It's so microscopic ta- to that. You're talking about. Yeah. So what does that mean, though? Things. It means it's all a mirage. There's there's things a that mirage. we can't we can't <laughs> quantify. Imagine traveling. How does that equal doomsday? Imagine walking Talk to around me about the, that. Or imagine walking around the planet. It, exactly. Right. Imagine you, walking by foot around the 
the circumference of the planet. No, I can't imagine. It's huge. That. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, to me, it would take an entire lifetime. Yeah. Nick could do it next week. Yeah, yeah. Nick's, I'm on like, pace. Nick's like, what are you doing at seven <laughs> thirty? Right. So, imagine that. So give me sixty. Now minutes. you're For, talking about Forrest something Gummy that is shit on me. Thousands <laughs> of times bigger is our sun. The thing that creates the ability for us to be on this planet. Sure. Now, that thing is one of the smallest things that you're ever going to see in the cool. in outer space. Cool. Still tell me how this equals doomsday. I don't care how big things are. I don't care how small things are. Like Nick just said it. There's microscopic, trillions of microscopic things living on my arm right now. A lot of bacteria, yep. Oh, absolutely. I only me, shower like once me, a week. Let me answer your question with a question. What do you what are you quantifying doomsday as? I don't know. This is what this is the rabbit hole we're down. Like AI is doomsday. Humans, Aliens are coming. Humans don't Everything exist anymore. I don't know. Everything is is we're inferior. Yeah. And I don't I'm not so sure I believe that. You think that we're not a just a dated nineteen eighty six Cadillac trying to keep up with supercars? I don't. I don't know that I believe that. Even like our, I have no evidence to to sway me the other way. Because even when we talk about AI, we created it. Okay. So. So what does that? I guess what does that mean to you? Like you, it's always going to be in check because it can't surpass. I never. I didn't say that. I'm not saying you did, but I'm asking you. Like, what is that? How do you feel about that? Like, if we created something that can't yeah, surpass we, our intelligence, we could just yeah. stop it. Yeah, I think we can defeat it. Yeah, I think we. Okay. I, I think I think will and there's an innate nature of. I mean, look at human. I said it before. Like, if those cataclysmic events that uh, Graham Hancock talks about happened, but humans survived and rebuilt, and yeah, it took thousands of years. Here we are again. Oh, take us out. Here we come, crawling back. Do you, do you, We just don't go away. Do you always think you're going to be inferior to your mom and dad? No. Hell no. Right. They created you. Hell no. But but at the same time, I'm not I'm not superior. I don't think I'm superior to them. Okay. You think you're at least they're equal? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so if we birthed something... Yeah, out of a machine that we created, digital, and not this is this is carbon where based. This is where faith comes in. Absolutely, no, where I agree. my faith draws in and says, "No, I, the, the Lord created us. Man created this AI and robots and all of this other stuff." I'm not saying it's not true. I don't like. I don't know what's out there. There could be something that's just got its dead aim and going. Ah, it's pretty cool. We like watching that, and they could take it out. I don't know. I could be dead wrong, it's but me. I just don't know why we we always go to the doom and gloom rather than why aren't we the ones that are traveling to these other places? Why aren't we so close to that? Maybe we are. Maybe AI Solid is what question. takes us to be that to be guardians of the galaxy. I don't know. I hope so. Honestly, I really hope it. It's a great question. It's so I'd rather think of it glass half full because I, like Nick said, I'm gonna be here for it either way. I'm ready to go. You know, the bottom's gonna fall out one way or another. 
Yeah, either this, we're either we're accelerating through space and time, or hey, we're done, and I'm gonna be here to see it. This is exactly why they don't want us to know that the Earth is flat. Probably. And that space is a mirage. Yeah, I want to say I, I saw something the other day. It was like here you go. I'm what what flat earthers think the dinosaur apocalypse event looked like, and it was like a comet came into this flat plate, and then all the dinosaurs got blown out into space. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> have you seen just that flying off. have you seen that documentary about it though flat earth and they did the light test yeah and but the like, guy we're was gonna like, shoot it and then they're like oh crap it missed the guy, the guy, like, oh it is curved the there's like, a curve this, to this this experiment's gonna show us once and for all that the earth's flat and he's like holy shit it shows us that the earth's round there, but we still believe it's flat oops lasers <laughs> lasers I don't remember it was funny yeah that dude set up like the the traditional were they doing shooting it over water? Traditional, no, it was yeah. a traditional experiment. I don't remember, so he but had, it was like he had a light a long ways away. He had a light show. that was shining through something that had a dot with a set point off of ground, right? So he had something else a set distance away. If the Earth was flat, that beam of light should show up within reason. Of that same height, right? Yeah, that makes sense. But what distance were? How far were they shooting the laser? Like a mile. See, that doesn't even make sense because you can you can manipulate Earth to be flat. So for a mile, right? But you should you could be able to. You should it should be no. But it was like here's where it should be, and it was like up here, like it was way off. It was like oh, it was yeah. immediately evident that the Earth was round. The the way you have to do that. Is you have to shoot something if they wanted to prove it, you'd have to kind of do some sort of like over water because water has to curve, right? The oceans curve if the earth is round. Light travels in a straight line. No, I know what I'm saying. Those if it's you, like affected by gravity, but I'm saying if you're trying to shoot a light from like from here to Chicago or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like the earth should curve a decent amount based on what our globe is from there to there. You ever see those pictures of people claiming to see like the skyline of Chicago from Michigan? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, it shouldn't be possible based on the curvature of the earth. No. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take, it's like for every mile, it's like supposed to be like, I think 20 feet or something change or something like that. How far is South Haven from Chicago? I think like close to like 80, 90 miles or something. And how many, what do you, what was the assumption you were talking about? If you're talking about Sears Tower, how tall is Sears Tower? It's big. Thousand feet. Thousands of feet, Nick. No, the pictures I've seen of what people claim to have seen is like full skyline, not just the tallest building. The, at the, the tip. resolution of your eyeball degrades faster than the curvature of the Earth. No, for sure. I'm just you know saying I mean? people have pictures that I've seen. I was I don't know if they're faked or whatever, but like they're over in Muskegon and they're seeing the Chicago skyline. It'd be kind of cool though. But, but it, you know I mean? The only way that would be possible right. is if the Earth was somewhat more flat. Dude, I'd love to get into this whole, like, what our planet is, re- what's really going on. Like, the whole, like, 
there's areas of Antarctica that you can't fly over because yeah. there's like a hole in the earth. Type That's of shit. what they like, said. I love that stuff. But why did they I make all the seven continents or whatever? They made a treaty saying that you can't fly over yeah. Antarctica. Why did they do that? Right. <laughs> Is that and like true? the story. Yeah. The story is that a treaty over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the story is that it's like there's a no fly zone, but we fl- we flew over it because somebody was in distress, and then when we got back to the base, like people in black suits showed up. That's a real. That's a real. They say, like, I mean, there's some people who like were down there doing stuff or whatever, but yeah. they say there's something going on. Right. Dang. I. I mean. I'd. Lo- I'd love to. I would love to go to Antarctica and be like. People like just somehow manage it yourself, and then you show up and people are like you can't be down here and be like, who are you? Who are you? You yeah. tell me no. Would you really love to go to Antarctica? I would love it. I would <laughs> dig it. I would love it so much. On those icebreaker boats. So I'd walk it. I'd be like, point me to the giant hole in the earth where the lizard people live. And they'd be like, it's that way. And be like, I'm going. Just walk into a lion. They're like, you can't, you can't do that, but I bet you can. Okay. Be like, okay. I got a case of high noons with me. I bet these lizard people love it. I'm going to get messed up with lizard people. Oh, boy. I'll tell you right now, these steak tacos and casa tequila are money. I gotta figure out how to make. To, I gotta figure out how to make these. Did they we, fix we the know, margaritas? We know yes, how you. Dude. They fixed them. Yes. Right, did you have to tell them too? No, I told. So what's wrong with so, them? So, no, I've yeah. had them where they're mean, way too sour. Way too sour. Like, no. ooh, no. I can drink one of these, and it's like, no. I drink hundreds of those things. Yeah, I know. And you just keep downing them, and then I was like, hey. I'm going to get one, and I'm going to try this Corona Rita one more time. She's like, what do you mean? I go, well, I had one, and it was great. Then, and I had, so I had two. And then I came back the next time, and I had one, and it was terrible. And she was like, really? And I go, hey. And then I came back, and I had margaritas, okay. And then I had margaritas, really good. I said, so I've got some inconsistencies, but I'm <laughs> going with the Corona Rita. this out, will you? And I did, and... I was like, all right, here, this is fantastic. And it was very good tonight. I had a so, couple myself, and they were great. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway. I need you to wander back into that kitchen and be like, I need to see how the steak is prepared. I know how they do it. Then what's the secret? I mean, kind stop, of. It's stop that, hiding the secret, Doc. Well, it's, that, it's, it's like the Philly cheesesteak, but they cut it up a little more fine. And they just, they're on that flat top, just getting that char and just. And then they use enough oil to keep it keep okay. it juicy. But I'm trying to figure out is if I have some sort of a something other than ground beef of of red meat, how do I cut it to where you just get those little like you have to thin li- I think you have to bottom thin- of the bag Cheetos type little pieces. Yeah, I think you have I think you have to take like a ribeye or something. Okay. And like Che- like Philly cheesesteak, and you you like get it through a meat slicer. Yeah, you have to thinly wow. slice it, and, and then you get a th- meat slicer, <laughs> and then you're Damn. you're throwing it on you're throwing it on the on the grill, and then Chop you're it up. yeah, Chop it up. yeah, yeah. You're ch- 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 that's I mean that's how I think because then then the grease and the oil like then it's kind of frying itself, and, and you're just turning it over, and then you put the cheese over it. Do you? Yeah, I just did breakfast. I was uh, gonna say if you don't, supper. I need to know because I get back in the market of getting a truck. Oh, you use it tonight, breakfast supper. What's that? 
You did breakfast for supper tonight. Yeah, we did not tonight. We did Sunday night. Imagine if we took our conspiracy, like calories that we spend on talking about conspiracy theories, and like started putting them into constructing the perfect steak taco. Dude, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm here to tell you, I did, (laughs) I did a Philly, I did the ground beef like Philly cheesesteak on the flat top. Oh, preach! So it wasn't, it wasn't really. It was more like a. Madawan cheeseburgers cheesecake. It was like because I didn't have all the like all the stuff to do the like the right cheesecake with some peppers and some onions and stuff like that. But I was like, I had this ground beef and I don't really feel like eating just whatever. I'm just gonna cook this up. So I watched this thing and he just chopped it up like it was a cheesesteak, which would be similar to what we get in our tacos. I want you to make me one. What's up? It's <laughs> so and, I, and I took it, I, dude. Just pss, put that thing on. Pss, let it sizzle, season it, flip it, chop up the ground beef, whatever, maybe add a little whatever, and then separate it, and you just put the cheese over the top of it. Ground, ground, beef, granite, ground yeah. beef, though? Yeah. 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 Is that what's on Philly cheese? Day? No, it's not. It's, this, is a cheat. this is a cheat. This is a cheating Philly cheesesteak. It's, it's like, hey, I want something different. I don't a want a hamburger bur- cheesesteak? I don't want a burger. Yeah. And you just do it that way, and it still chars up, kind of nice, like almost like a smash burger. Yeah. And you get that little char, and so yes, it's a burger, it's a cheese burger, but you do it cheesesteak style on bread and all that. Dude, all that queso on there. Oh, dude, I dude, I no, no, I put the uh, I put the Fritos jalapeno cheese whiz on there, dude. Bussin. Dude, it was no, no, I did that on one of them on top of like the cheese, but if you did provolone and everything else. It would be like a hamburger cheesesteak instead, clearly. But it was, hey, listen, it was a different way to eat some ground beef rather than just a hamburger. I tell you what, there's something about having that that crispy crunch to red meat. That yeah, that caramelization. Change, change your life. Especially if you get a little, like, bro, if you caramelize some onions and crisp them up in there a little bit, just a little. I'm not a huge, like, I like onions, but, like, I love them. So I, went I don't like them overpowering, but when you put them in there and they give that little bit of flavor, mm-hmm. I took a yeah, uh, I took this giant round steak right and cut this thing up and I told you guys this last night when we were lifting. Like I made about a hundred kebabs. I mean that's <laughs> egregiously overstated, but I made a bunch. It was fifty last night. Yeah. <laughs> It's growing. It's growing. <laughs> it was 50. So he told, was somebody, the, he told somebody at work today 75. I think it was, I was 30, like, I made, actually. I made 1,000 kebabs off of one steak. You know, like, <laughs> Word? I was like, yeah. He's got a 24-inch Blackstone. <laughs> Took him all night. <laughs> this Blackstone's 900 inches wide. Um, I took jalapenos, right? Like big bodies. Like you would take, yeah. like if you were trying to make like stuffed jalapenos, like those oh, size ones, right? The, I got a popper's recipe for yeah. both of you. There's, so I took these things and I cut them into like inch and a half wide strips, right? So they're round, right? I like cut them up long ways, about inch and a half wide, and put those jalapenos on the kebabs. I'm like, because I like a little bit of heat. Oh yeah, jalapenos are didn't my... didn't take out any seeds or anything like that. Ooh, and Ooh. put Ooh, those on dangerous. there and and cooked them cooked them over the Traeger, right? Danger. on these on these kebabs. Bro, if these things didn't turn out so fantastic, they were so good. I, I don't I don't know that I ever make kebabs without so you, jalapenos tucked so in. You didn't clean the seeds. Did you? Did Danger. you? Did you eat Danger. all 150 of them? 
There's about <laughs> there's about eight of them left, so we're we'll have a night out by the end of the week. Oh, Nick came <laughs> Nick came through that guy Sorry, like I like that snorted was so out good. of there. That was so good. I said we went from fifty <laughs> to hundred. Yeah. How yeah. Uh, how many of the two hundred do you have left? Seven. <laughs> Five. After really. you after you ate one fifty, how many of the two hundred are left? <laughs> That is a lot of your 900 inch It's just a weird stuff. question. Of course I'm going to eat all of them. Of course they're all going to be gone. <laughs> so here, I'm going to tell you guys this. So have you, do you guys ever do jalapeno poppers with like... Love it. Like the, do like cream like, cheese sausage, yeah, the sausage stuff? bacon wrap yeah. sometimes. How, how many yeah. did you make? Oh, you can make a lot of those. Did you eat all of them? <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous question. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Here we go. Now we're getting we into it, boys. Get it it only hear, takes hear, two and a half hours to hear, get warmed up. Here, here we go. I'm here bullshit. <laughs> here like we go. So, funny the, so, so we had people over. So we there's these couples that we hang out with, and we always did a like a couple's like staycation. We would go to like a rent a house or whatever. It was in the winter, and we would be in this big house, and we'd just play cards and drink and ha- have fun, right? Well plans fell through and we had just moved here so we were like i think everybody can stay here it's like five couples we got downstairs we got whatever we had enough room it was kind of like hodgepodge but we had enough room for everybody so everybody came here and we were doing how these this one couple always does those jalapeno poppers with the sausage philly cheese Mm -hmm. you know and i was like dude let's do I was like, let's take them. He had them all ready. Like, and I was like, let's take half of them and put them on my Traeger and smoke them and then turn it up. Smoke them for a little bit and then turn it up to cook them. And then we'll put half of them in the oven. And I said, if the ones out there turn out like shit, we still have these ones. Dude, we turn... We, <laughs> the ones out of the oven were great. They were great. We pulled the ones off the Traeger where you smoke them. Dude, it was un. Freaking believable! They were so good. And they were everything. so freaking good. Smoked. It was like in the, they were the same exact made things. Smoked a little bit and then cooked versus just put in the oven. The flavor profile was so different, and they were both great. But the ones that were smoked were phenomenal. I think my Absolutely my trigger phenomenal. my trigger does that to everything. Like I don't. I've had salmon at a restaurant before or whatever, and like. Because we cook salmon on our Traeger all the time, I don't, I can't eat it anyway other than the Traeger. Yeah. So if I do that, then I'll be stuck. I won't like jalapeno poppers without it being on the Traeger. Yeah, uh, I don't ever do much for vegetables or put anything. I'm not. We're not huge vegetable, but when we have people, I mean, over I like vegetables. Do I just that. don't do them on the Traeger. Yeah, no, I listen. I smoke cheese. Have you smoked cheese on your Traeger? No, but I heard there's some cheese that you can get at that cheese lady order that you can cook that you can so like, you, like you can actually like put it on a grill. It won't. No well, melting. Well, if you take it, well, eventually it would. No, this stuff doesn't melt. Oh, well, that's coated. That was the stuff. Did you not have that at Dave Molnar's uh, well, Kumbaya there. thing? I yeah, you were. There. You showed up. Oh, I did? You were in the back. You and Dev. It was the night he, Dan, golfed that great round. Oh, that's right. We came later. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I've smoked. You get blocks of cheese, and you get, you get a couple of the baking tr- uh, tins. And you, so you get one big one and one smaller one that'll contain the cheese. You put toothpicks in it so it sits off of the Mm -hmm. thing. And then you fill 
You put that inside, and then the outside you fill with ice, and then you put it on smoke, so it doesn't. It does, you know, it's a cool smoke, but it smokes the cheese. You do it for like an hour, pull it off, put it in parchment paper, put it in your fridge for like three or four or five days, and then you start cutting that up, smoke dude. Cheese. It's smoked cheese. Be good. It's great. A lot of work, but good. Well, it's not. It's actually not a lot of work. It's just you got to be patient because yeah. you can't eat it for four or five days. Yeah, that's what's up. You gotta start smoking some cheese, bro. Tony, not we trees, were laughing trees. with you, not at you. I'm just trying to figure out how you guys have all this time to smoke cheese when you're smoking all that D. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking across the table, and I'm like, dude, if you were the one that went from 50 to 100. I just went from 100 to 150 and laughed. And I took it to 200. Jeez, maybe sorry. that was too far. Maybe 100,000. Hey, hey maybe I'm I made sorry. Maybe I made when you when you say maybe s- I made a quarter million. When you <laughs> when you say smoking D, what are you talking about? D's nuts, <laughs> specifically. Hey, one of these or both of these? Both of these. <laughs> both of these. Uh, both of these. Is that a day? Ten thirty. That's, that's about day. it, man. That's a day. Right on. All right. Any closing comments? Got anything? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to watch. Yeah. About nine. The hours. wise words of one of my friends: "You can, you can have both of these." <laughs> <laughs> Call me Achilles because I'm out. <laughs> cool. Okay. Great rap. That was uh, cool. about three hours. Oh, shit. That'd be close, yeah. Oh, shit. Two, two hours and 56 minutes. It's all good. 